This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. everyone and welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover ayashimon sakamoto days mission yozakura family jujutsu kaisen my hero academia and one piece week to week and we're back with weekly shonen jump issue number 23 i'm your host Knox, and i'm melo yenis and before we get into the discussion tonight, of course, we'd like you to take a look down in our description section that is going to have timestamps for you to navigate yourself throughout the video and skip spoilers for the segments that you are not yet caught up in. Um, there's also going to be uh, links to all of our individual social media accounts down there so you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, there will be links to our Discord so you can join our ever-growing Discord community. Um, there's also going to be links to support what we do directly by checking out our Patreon. And of course, there's going to be links down there uh, that will allow you to listen to the Project Manga podcast wherever you normally listen to your podcast like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. But getting into the discussion today, Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 23. No My Hero Academia this week, so a little bit shorter of a week, but still a lot to talk about inside of what is here. Starting with Ayashimon, chapter 22. Share the same fate. How do we feel? Ah, I like this one a lot. Yeah, this um, is a good one. The ending was a huge twist. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, I remember last time we talked about Yashimon where we're like, you know what? You guys want to do business? Fuck your business. We're going to go in. We're going to trash all your hotels, raise hot ruckus, like drop the property values, fire guns in the air, that kind of thing, yes. you know. And then, and then they do the opposite, which I was like, wait, what? And Mario yeah. was just like, no, no, no. We want to do this as discreetly as possible. Punches yes. a man straight into the wall. Yes. And it was so <laughs> funny how they, like, you know, kind of um, compensated for the ruckus that they were making in this very comedic, you know, act, almost like a play, you know, to keep mm -hmm. the, the regular people, the normies, none the wiser. I just thought that was a hilarious angle to take this invasion i couldn't help but like in the very first page when i see all the feet walking up i couldn't help but hear uh what's that song from the one piece over uh ost overtake yeah there you go mm. overtake the one that's like boom 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 you know like when they walk up to like uh. arlong park or like some shit you know like just like got that vibe from them walking up it was so hype and he just oh. steals off this motherfucker first thing bellboy boom jawed his ass i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's oh man, no! He, his face fully mm -hmm. just—I—it's—it's it's one of those things where like you freeze frame people, like they get hit in the face with the dodgeball, and just like boom. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, yeah. No, that sound oh, effect glorious. works real good there too. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you smell the rubber now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good uh, one. Oh man, I—I I quite like this. I think it's interesting that like um. Urara doesn't have to like really strain to like use the the telepathy and I think it's because you know she's got a little more practice mm -hmm. she's literally in a hotel with all the amenities she's just chilling chilling yeah and it's just like I'm not having to like 
be discreet about it. I am literally just hiding, like, talking yeah. out loud. Yeah, and um, I feel like a big reason why she was um, so strained the last time that she communicated through the tattoo is because their, I don't know if their pain is linked or their, like, something is, I think their stamina is maybe linked together while they're, while they're, while they have that telepathic, like, link through the tattoo oh, yeah. or something. So while Marua was getting whooped, she was taking some kind oh, of yeah, um, reverberation. Yeah, there was, like, a some kind of damage feedback. resonance There's feedback, like, yeah. yeah. I remember that, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, but also it's like, you know, it, it doesn't instantly, um, you know, hurt her probably to Transmit, just like, yeah. yeah, to just to just communicate or whatever. So like, even the fact that she's like in a hotel chilling and it's not like very high stress right now is probably a lot to do with why it's so easy, maybe. But I, um... I really like. I loved the comedy in this mm -hmm. this like little fight scene, like mm -hmm. the fountain tip pen as a dagger, just like yeah, yeah. yeah. Just smiling one moment, the dude bows down to like sign his like name on the on something. I don't know. He's like checking out or something. He goes to yeah. go sign the shit, and he's like, "All right, here's my chance." Boom! Throw the fucking pen at him. Dodges it. Fucking... there. Yeah. <laughs> Kicks him over the head of the dude signing his checkout or whatever, and then like pops behind the shit. He's like, "How quiet did that have to be?" It's like I don't give a shit. Like how like smooth you were. Like you just kicked a dude in the face over someone you else. You crumpled some guy's face. Yeah. It's... it's... <laughs> yeah, I feel like you Apparently gotta, Yashimon uh... are made out of sound-absorbent materials. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good shit. I, okay, so page eight. Um, the bottom of page eight. I, <laughs> I had a hard time, like, really, like, knowing, like, what was... Is this, like, another Tanuki ball Oh, that's sack? a testicle. That's, that's okay, a okay. That's These a are Tanuki. testicle. These are Tanuki balls, okay. I see that fuzzy little ridge. Yeah, I see that, too, but it was, like, so weird for me because it, it seemed like it was, like, coming out of, like, a mouth or something. Like, it looked like his mouth was, like, opening up to do something or whatever, but no, it's just coming from the pants, and then the flap is going up over the head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see it now, okay. Yeah, He's just absolutely. like, get down, Mr. President, but it's just hiding people fighting. Yeah, testicle shield. And th and that's so funny because it's like, how are these like regular people not like thrown off by that? <laughs> it's like, is this uh is this thing invisible to them? Or like I'm pretty sure like even even if you're trying to be, you know, smooth and 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 discreet or whatever, like a giant, you know, ball sack kind of just like being erected as a projector screen in front of you. I don't You'd know. Think so. I feel You'd like there'd be a so. reaction to that. <laughs> you know what? I've worked in food service for so long. I have snuck up on people like oh, hardcore, sure. and I'm not even magical. Like I'm just a dude. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I can grab the. Where'd you come from? Yeah. Okay. 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 So they're just like totally not you know. paying attention to the oh, degree yeah. of not noticing a giant ball sack sheet. Which is fine, whatever, it's comedy. I've watched a customer <laughs> walk into a tray, like, you know, like the tray jack with, like, mm -hmm. the giant tray of food. They walk straight into that, and they're like, oh, it must have blended in with the carpet. And I'm like, sir, I think you might just be stupid. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just admit you're dumb. Yeah, a lot of these are like, okay. Because, like, I see them fighting behind the, um you know, the pile of suitcases, it's like, okay, nobody can really see that. And this the dude who's who's wheeling the suitcase is obviously trying to keep it in front of mm -hmm. onlookers, you know what I mean? And that's fine. It just and escalates. You, yeah, you have the dude above that even who's just like ground and pounding this dude behind the desk or whatever. And it's like, all that is like good. You got the one dude that's choking the dude out in the headlock behind the pillar. All of that is fine. But then the ball sack, well, first, 
the Draken dude kicking this dude over the guy signing his checkout sheet. That was like, okay, <laughs> holy shit, how did you not notice that? Then the ball sack sheet, and it's like, okay. And now you turn the page into this splash page of Maruo just fucking jawing this dude. And the dude has his eyes closed, like, sipping his tea. It's like you just punched him through his newspaper. You definitely broke the glass that was sitting on his table, and it's just no reaction. But then they finally decide... That Maruo punching a dude into a wall is cause for okay. No, we gotta we gotta cover that. Up. We gotta cover that one up. You know what I mean? And it's like, nah, people die. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> immediate, immediate pivot to the yeah. happy birthday. I looked up this Daigo Nanaka. I have yeah. no idea who he is. If he's uh, like a real person or not, like nothing mm. really popped up. I got like a Daigo Naito, okay. who was like you know famous in like the debuted in like the early two thousands. But I think. I think this series is a little earlier than that because of, like, the Shonen Jump timeline, right? Because they did, like, um, Fist of the North Star, and I still think that was, like, the early 90s. Yeah. So, or maybe even, like, weird. the 80s. I feel like yeah, Fist of the North yeah, even Star earlier. predates a lot of shit. But, um, oh, yeah. And we could easily just, like, look that up right now or whatever. But I'm pretty sure that Ayashimon is, like, set in, like, the late 80s or the early 90s. I feel like we've gotten, so like, too. a couple of different hints that, that this is, um you know, a couple decades ago, so. Man, I still want Maruo's shirt really badly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I'm, I actually, like, I, I was noticing um in this chapter I had completely forgotten that there were axes all over his shirt. And, like, mm -hmm. is that some kind of, like, I don't know, is that a wink from... From from Kaku Yuji on some like you're not axing my my series like he's wearing the axe on his ah. on his sleeve because he's not because he's not afraid of the axe we're not afraid of the axe over here Ayashimon is here to stay. You know, I was thinking of um like because like I feel like axes are interesting weapons that mm. aren't like swords right like yeah. so if you have like an axe. There's, like, the classic idea of, like, the woodsman, mm -hmm. right? You you know, uh, uh, someone gets lost in the woods, they're being chased by the big bad wolf, and they find the woodsman. The woodsman yeah. goes off and hacks him up and, like, does the, does the dirt. Yeah, um, the And so I feel like that, that might be kind of the nod of the axes. Plus, like, um, I, I for some reason, I remember the story... Um, it's just like tickling my brain. So I don't know if it's like I know the complete story or not, but I remember yeah. something about like this kind of like young baby wielding an axe and it had like the little like little red apron thing, the little like red baby apron that like you see like the little bald children, they have a little tuft of hair in the front, yeah. here and there. And I remember just a fat baby wielding an axe and that's all I remember. I'm just like, why is that image just in there? Yeah, what a visual. I don't, I don't know if, I, if I've ever seen that anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe if anyone resonates with that and I'm yeah. not crazy, just let, let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, if uh, anyone remembers the axe-wielding baby in the apron, please, let us know. Let us know. Please. I love page uh, 10 because Urara's like, hey, the weak point for, Tan for Kitsune and Tanuki's is their tails. Great, we got a weakness. That's very good. You know, give them a firm boot to the butt for me. And it's like, okay, I'm going to remember that. You know what I mean? And then... Now they're talking about um, the situation with Ten, and Ten's like, how can you be so calm about this? She's like, well, I'm not, you know. Not uh, really calm. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just have faith in Maruo, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, it's a matter of stealing your reserves. It may not look like it, but I'm a Yakuza too. I made my decision and chose who I chose. All that's left is to see how it pans out. Maruo yeah. in particular, he and I will share the same fate. So, like, I don't know if that's something 
that has been like actually explained as like fate weaving you know in the system or in the in the lore or the world building or whatever yet so right now it's just like it i'm kind of uh just seeing it as like their relationship strengthening and deepening you know on this page and in, in regard to like hey we're all in this together me and maruo are linked telepathically with this tattoo i've kind of like chosen him as my champion directly like my right hand whatever happens to him happens to me and vice versa which is just really cool dialogue yeah. to get inside of their like relationship you know what i mean I really dig it. Um, I feel like her mentality is something like that's the most appealing. Yeah. Because it's just like it is a very gangster outlook on life, and the fact that she's just like, yeah, no, it's it's done, right? I have committed. The axe is already in motion. Yeah. I just need to know if it decapitates my opponent or we're fucked. I don't yeah. know, man. Like, like there's it's uh, you know we have already committed to going to war. Like right. this is like. I've pressed the button. Ooh, and maybe maybe the Sakazuki cup or whatever, the sake cup that they, like, shared. Or wait, I think it was they actually uh, didn't do the cup. I think they did blood, right? I think they, like, mm -hmm. cut, I think they cut each other and then, like, drank each other's blood or whatever. So maybe that's the link that, uh, you know, in the lore that ties their fates together and, and weaves it in a way to where, you know, she can make a statement like that. You know, like, he and I will share the same fate. I'm trying to remember, like, they recruited Ten. Did Ten ever do any, like, Sakazuki Cup or whatever? I, I don't even know if that's, like, the actual name of it. I'm just, like, saying something that uh, sounds familiar. But the, the Sake Cup, like, did they talk about that I with Ken? I think he may have taken the cup just okay. because he's like, hey, man, I'm, like, you you help me out. I'm going to follow you guys forever. Um, that kind of thing. Or he hasn't. I don't know for sure. I'd have to reread, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think but I'm, I think I'm about I, to, I like about the mentality because yeah. she's like, yeah, no, if he fails, then I'm done. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, right. I put all my eggs in this basket. So mm -hmm. we're just going to ride it out. Hope I and was right. And it's hell in a handbasket, man. Like, yeah. he's going nuts on these people. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, um, on that same page, um, the general manager is just like, hey, you know, I want to research his identity. So skipping a little further forward to the the ritual duel one on one. Yeah. Um, where they have the back the silhouette of Dopo Akari. Yeah. You think I that... can't imagine him that's him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I was gonna say maybe yeah. it is him. Like that would be a hell of a twist if it really is him. Right. But then that would cause such a like if he's like, like oh yeah. Dopokar is like, yeah, no, you can't hit me. And then he just takes a hit. Yeah. Gets destroyed. And they're like, oh shit, Dopokari's dead. Another power vacuum, mad yeah. scramble for power. Everyone's <laughs> freaking out. Like, I could see that being a direction of the series, but that would be almost too wild for me. Like, yeah. I want to like, say that's... that if this is really Dopo, then this shit is getting axed for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it's Dopo, it's, it's, it's getting axed real quickly. Yeah. Um, but then. It, Tanuki, Kitsune, they're all Transformers and stuff, so, like, right. I imagine it's that, and then, like, when he starts losing, it's like, oh, you're not Dopo, get out of here. He might try to, like, I imagine, because they're researching him immediately, mm -hmm. Moreau got kicked out of school, so there's almost no records of him. There's only going to be, like, like family registry stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty much the only things that are, they're going to find about him. So what inf they're going to use whatever information they have, yeah. which means... They might try turning into his dad. Oh Jesus, that would be. And then he just up. and it backfires on them so hard that I, they're like, 
Yo, his dad? Oh god. Because he hated he yeah, hated his dad. Yeah, and like yeah. I didn't even think about that. Feel mm -hmm. like satisfying to him. So I feel like he might gain like a level of satisfaction by fighting a truly strong version of his dad. Yeah, that'd be um, fucked. I, I I guess I took it um on page ten when the general manager says like research his identity immediately. I, I thought that that was the reason why he uh faked the dopo at the end right i think so too because like i mean they they probably can know that dopo encountered maruo and like whooped him you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that's probably not hard information for information gathering you know um specialists or yeah like an information gathering organization to find you know in the underworld i feel like that kind of information spreads quickly if not to the rest of the world but definitely inside of the underworld. So that could be oh, a reason yeah. why Dopo showed up here. The dad situation, I hadn't even considered. If they really pull some shit like that, that would be fucked up. It would go back to what Katone was saying to, uh, you know, to Rara. Yeah, about his personality. It's like, hey, he puts on this front or whatever, but he's known for like some dastardly underhanded shit. Like this dude can get like really ruthless. So it could tie back into that quote from, from Katone if he really did try to go the super shysty, like fake the dad route. But, like, at the end of the day, I, I want to say that the next chapter starts with Maro just instantly knowing that this isn't Dopo Akari. And if they try to throw the dad at him, he'll just instantly know that that's not him either. Because I want to say that his power system training inside of the Sukhsrima or whatever might allow him to see, like, the color of auras or something like that. Or, you know, allow him to kind of, like, see through disguise-based techniques like this since it is, uh, you know... Don't. Yeah think so because oh, sure. like part of me thinks that the success rima is really just the balancing of his internal power as sure. opposed to like like i think there's room to expand where he yeah. could do like yo that kind of thing mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so maybe later on but i yeah. think currently being able to be deceived is probably the biggest like heady obstacle for him sure. right now yeah and it, and it so you I, know it takes a lot of fear. It takes a lot of assumptions for, you know, for me to, uh, or it's just speculation, obviously. There's really nothing tying what I said back to anything that we've seen in the story so far. But I just, like, am picturing a situation where, I don't know, we get new information in the next chapter that covers time off-camera from his training, where he... True. You know, could have had a conversation with the old man who trained him about like, but it, but it seemed like pretty cut and dry that the dude was like, you do these things, your shit's balanced, and then once you accomplish that, you're good, you're on your own, go do whatever. So like, I don't know if there's really too much room for off-screen conversations that he could have had with this like weirdly enigmatic and mysterious Yoda type, you know, riddle riddle speaker inside of his teacher. But um, I don't know, man. I I feel like that's like totally like something that makes sense inside of the power system that Maruo has specifically been training inside of so far. Like, I could totally see that being an aspect of the power that he specifically wields to be able to see, you know, who someone truly is. You know what I mean? Or something like that. So I think that that would be a really cool and hype piece of information to get in the next chapter while we're mm. so worried about either this actually being Dopo or this being an illusion that is meant to break the spirit of Maruo for him to just be like, nah, I could I could totally tell that this is bullshit. Like, or maybe he's communicating telepathically with Urara, and he's like, holy shit, Dopo just showed up, and maybe Urara, you know, knows that that's not possible somehow, and communicates that to him telepathically, and is like, hey man, they're shapeshifters, don't get it twisted, that's probably not Dopo. Go try to throw a punch at him and see if the same thing happens last time yeah. you fought him, you know, type shit or something um, like that. I wonder if his initial fear of Dopo 
will mess up the balance of his Suxma Sarima. Mm, mm, okay. So like, because it's it's about like internal balance and key and like mental yeah. clarity as well. So like, if he's rattled, then it might make it difficult, and he'll struggle initially. And then maybe with like a little pep talk from Raras, like, hey man, like this isn't real. Try yeah. kicking him in the ass. Like literally trying to kick him in the ass. Like kicks him so hard, you know, a tail pops out, and he's like, oh, you're just a fucking tanuki. Right. Okay. Let's get let's get it going. Cracks knuckles. Yeah. Destroys him before he does the finishing blow. They'll be like, hey, if you do this, we'll kill kill your pops. And he's like, oh yeah. Puppet does the finishing blow and then jumps to destroy the dad person yeah. looking like his dad. Like they'll try to do a hostage situation. It'll backfire horribly. Like I can see that happening. I like um, uh, what you were saying at the beginning of your thought about how like his um his Suks uh Sarima. Suks what is it? I don't know, honestly. It's you, you it's said it. You, yeah, yeah, I you said, said Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So that, yeah, you were saying that <laughs> Yeah, you were saying that Dopo, you know, him seeing Dopo might throw off his balance. Which makes a lot of sense because he just came out of this training and we know he's a lot stronger than he was before he went into the training, or at least we can assume so. He hasn't really fought anyone directly yet of note since he came out of the training. He really just like fought that wall of fire and saved those kids or whatever. Yeah. But like we know he's better now. You know what I he mean? Can punch and, fire. Right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we know we know he's better now in that way. So if this really isn't Dopo and he were to just know that right away, then this would be a pretty low-diff fight, and there wouldn't really be too many stakes involved, I want to say. And you never know what Yuji Kaku could do, but just based on the information that we have right now, if this is, you know, a Tanuki in dis or a Kitsune in disguise, and Maruo sees through that, then it's like, where's the tension going to come from in this fight? Because this dude obviously isn't stronger than Dopo, no matter who he is, if this is an illusion, right? And we know that Maruo hasn't really had that much of a issue fighting anyone up until dopo you know yeah. besides katone obviously could this mm -hmm. dude be as strong or stronger than katone maybe you know what i mean but i think that the imbalance of his um of his internal situation after seeing you know the dopo yeah. illusion nerfing him for this fight would actually be good for tension and kind of raise the stakes I a little bit so. inside of what's going on because you can't just have full power maruo who can see through all of the disguises and then just fucking one shot everyone and then go save everyone and leave i feel like that would be a little bit too anticlimactic you want to have a little bit more tension than that a little yeah. bit more uncertainty than that so i wonder if the illusion is like hypnosis and so he might like you know if I can trick the mind, the body will follow. So he like hypnotite like uses hypnosis illusions and stuff to like convince him that you know his body is freezing, you mm -hmm. know. And mm -hmm. so like he is like, oh my god, I'm experiencing frostbite. Like yeah, my brain, my body thinks it's experiencing frostbite. Nothing is actually happening to him, but oh, at the same man. time, his own his own body is suffering damage because of psychosomatic yes. responses. Right. Um, so I wonder if that's going to be like that, or if they're going to be like, you know, shapeshifter magic, trickster, uh, it's like, you know, you know, uh, cruel cloning, and it's just like, you know, near-perfect imitation, 98% yeah. copy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, if it know. really is, you know, something like that, that does give, you know, um, if it is like an illusion that attacks the senses directly and not just visual illusions, you know what I mean, but you're actually hearing, feeling you know, and, and, and all of those other things that go into that psychosomatic um, 
interpretation of like what's going on to where you're actually like oh my god i really am fighting dopo because my brain has been tricked to think so so like i am freezing like if that was a situation i feel like that would be like all that we would really need for the tension in this fight you know what i mean like even if he doesn't you know even if he does eventually like kind of like realize that it is an illusion is like is that even going to be enough you know what i mean like do you have to like beat the person casting the illusion in order for you to stop feeling those phantom yeah. you know psychosomatic um effects you know what i mean i think that that would be a really cool thing to explore in ayashimon too yeah because uh we've we've had the theme of like the ayashimon being like mind and body are tied to each other mm -hmm. so like maruo is mostly body so mm -hmm. being attacked through via his mind i think is a good way to poke at his weakness right and it's and it's like it's totally a possibility like even if you know illusions and disguises are like a base level like trait um for the tanuki and the kitsune specifically there's also other yojutsu that they could have on top of that and mm -hmm. we don't have like a very good range of like the limits of yojutsu or like you know variety of yojutsu that we could see we're still building that you know in the lore we're still getting that world building as far as like what techniques ayashimon can have so that kind of um you know uh uh senses based illusion you know like a jason wingard from like x-men or something like that could totally be possible inside of yojutsu and we just have to wait for kakuyuji to tell us that that's a thing so i'm excited for whatever it's going to be but i'm yeah. pretty confident that this isn't fucking dopo akari at the end of the chapter here i just yeah. want just just for the record before we end the segment like we are in the camp that this is not actually this man yeah. <laughs> i think it would be really interesting that there, because like Dopo Kari did put out a hit on them, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, mm -hmm. the, like this guy, I want his ass. So I wonder if they do like the whole thing. They do this big old fight. They they rescue Rara. They rescue Ten. You know, they punch the energy that is, you know, Dai Tanuki's testicles, and like you know, really <laughs> give him a little little torsion in yeah. there. Torsion, no. Fuck that guy. <laughs> He's getting oh, rid of our, our, our Yakuza boss. I just remembered uh, uh, my homeboy, one of my oldest friends in like early, like late middle school, like early high school. Fucking woke, woke up to a testicular torsion one time. Woke and, up like, to it now. Yeah, had to like had to like go to the hospital. Like wasn't in school for a little bit. Finally came back to school and like told me the story. And I was just like, that sounds like the worst thing that I've ever heard in my fucking life, fam. Mm. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a doozy. Like yeah. never experienced it, but heard it's really bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's gotta like, be. It's gotta be, gotta be. So Maru inflicts torsion on the big boss yeah. and like, you know, escapes the hotel. And then I imagine Dopo, the real Dopo Akari is like, well, we got your message. We're here. Where the fuck are they? Oh. Uh, we couldn't hold on to them. And he's like, mm, you really made me mad. Now I'm going to try to take the Cory Hotels. Oh, no. So at the so end it, of the day, their fucking tactic fucking backfired, turned, backfired on them in the most satisfying and ironic way possible. I want that to happen. Because I would then love that. It would, because then it would force, you know... Um, Cory hotels to like make certain choices and they're like mm. uh you can keep tamagawa <laughs> like, yeah yeah uh, you can you can control this one branch 
our bad mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. but then or it would be like Tamagawa was like well yeah i mean we can't do that yeah i definitely <laughs> want their like plan to keep everything secret and like blend back in with regular society after like pulling all of the illegal things out of their practices and whatnot i totally want that to fail because i'm excited to see i don't think that that would be the end of cory hotels if their mm-hmm. entire situation got exposed and everything went wrong for them in this arc i definitely don't think that would be the end of the organization and i would, and i'm really excited to see like what kind of role they would play in the future after that cat is out of the bag because we know that they're wildly resourceful they're quick-witted at least this general manager is we can assume that that kind of like permeates throughout the the rest of the higher-ups yeah. inside of this organization however that hierarchy kind of like lays itself out at so least the big players yeah and there's just always you know room for subterfuge and like guile and shit like when it comes to an organization that is centered around the idea of disguise and deception and shit like that so like that always has a room inside of action stories period you know what i mean or or political thrillers or whatever mm-hmm. like you know this is kind of feeling like at the end of the day like that's just a cool concept to have in a story like this and i would hate if they lose here and then they're just not a thing anymore so i'm excited to see how like things evolve after you know paradigm shifts in the narrative so if they do go down here and they are taken off the board i'm sure that they will come back up at a later point and do something you know just as interesting but wildly different so ah man i i've seen characters like tamagawa and i think he's done extremely well um Mm -hmm. There is um, something that I've seen in, like, politics that reminds me of Tamagawa and the mm. fact that, like, the idea of, like, people that are doing others wrong but always presenting a front of, like, politeness and gentility and, like, dignity, austerity, all that good stuff. But if you, like... So, like... <clears throat> so, whatever hot topic... Uh, p- thing about things they'll be like hey we're polite we're doing this and it's like oh hey you know we are removing we are doing something that is probably shouldn't be legal and is you know through law and like while maintaining like the idea of dignity and stuff and then people get mad at them they're like no 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 you're getting mad that you know they'll say your anger will um diminish the meaning behind you like disagreeing with us why can't you be polite while disagreeing with us it's like no that's not how that works right you're being awful and like you're being socially atrocious and politically like dehumanizing Mm -hmm. i have every reason to be angry at you and like but people are like oh you're just mad and they'll use that to dismiss you like right like he talks about maruo yeah. They'll do, yeah, they do that stuff. And it's like, Maruo's like, oh, you know, you're crass and vulgar. And it's just like, but Maruo is right. You kidnapped someone. Like, right. fuck you. Like, yeah. No matter how cool you. you're trying to be and how, like, classy, you got your, you know, hair, hair all done and you, you speak all well or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, underneath all of that shit, you are doing terrible things. To, ter- I mean? to, to, to people. To people that like, don't yeah. deserve it, yeah. Exactly. Nah. And it's just like, great villain very understandable i can relate to him a lot of the people that i have witnessed in like real life mm-hmm. personally not personally but like in the grand scheme of things of living in a society etc cetera, etc cetera. but like 
Oh, they want a sleaze bag. I want him to suffer so much. Yeah, and he's and this like shit eating grin that he like has on like or this like sinister like look back grin that he has on fucking like page fourteen. It's just like, I just want you to get punched in the mouth. Like you. Oh, he has such a punchable face. Yeah, and it's like oh, the most punchable face. Can't wait till we get it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think that's about it for me. Yeah, I think I'm good on Ayashimon too. Great chapter. Can't wait for the next one. All right, moving into Sakamoto days. Chapter 69. Nice. Uh, Kaji. Right? That's a, yeah, that's yep. a tight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaji, how do we feel, man? I like Kaji. He's pretty funny. Um, oh, yeah. His personality, because he has, like, he, he's very nervous. Yeah. He's very, um, he's got insanely good hearing. Yep. And he's got a bit of a speech impediment. Um, and so I feel like the combination of, like, the speech impediment uh probably didn't help like his like nervousness and shyness mm-hmm. and like because like kids are mean kids right. are mean as fuck um so i feel like his speech impediment probably had people make fun of him and with his insanely good hearing he heard every Everyone. amount of like shit talk every snicker every suppressed laughter yeah. and probably didn't help his whole like speech impediment and nervousness so i yeah. feel like that's kind of the core of his character um yeah because i think he i think he just like misspeaks when he's like super anxious or whatever right and that probably doesn't help yeah yeah Yeah, so then like yeah (laughs) so he he he, he's he's naturally just like shy and nervous and that's a really good point that you make that like probably while he's growing up that nervousness and shyness causes people to make fun of him they don't want to make fun of him to his face so they kind of like do it under their breath and all of the like really shitty sneaky ways that kids make fun of Mm -hmm. you or whatever, and then he picks up on that. Dude, I love that. I like that a lot, because then it's just like a cyclical, you know, like anxiety, yeah, a, anxiety train, yeah. He's a grown kid, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's a young man at this point, he still yeah. has, like, all those like, issues, and I'm like, yep, he probably had a rough, rough childhood. Right, and then and then Shin, being able to read minds, probably, like hella triggered, you know, even more, like, to be self-conscious, and and anxious about and 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 insecure about it's like oh god you can read my thoughts now so now all of this overthinking that i'm doing about how i'm behaving in front of people doesn't even matter because at least for shin because he can just straight up read my thoughts that's like as embarrassing as it gets so yeah that's they even mention it on page eight he's like for real i feel so embarrassed he's like forget that for now we're fighting for our lives (laughs) yeah yeah i like that and i like how inside of the fight though like we were um we were pretty accurate on how like the fight would like kind of go inside of mm-hmm. Kaji's hearing, being able to pick up the, um, you know the uh, the sounds of the um yeah. of the VR equipment kind of like activating and like sending the signals yeah. to um to the Shania body or whatever. So we knew that Shin. Now that we know that Shin can't read the mind of Shania because his mind is essentially turned off while got while Gaku is driving. He's asleep. Yeah, but you know, Kaji can hear the the electronics, and then Shin can read Kaji's mind. So we were kind of we were good there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's that crazy just, of a of a call or prediction, but it, I mean, yeah, it, it tracks because like page thirteen, they reference the same fight we mentioned last time. Like, yeah. hey, we've seen this precedent before. So like, right. you know, they've let all the groundwork. They had all the clues, and, you know, we pieced it together, and it's like, cool, I followed the story that the author wanted to tell, and I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's cool though that they flash back to that fight specifically while Shin is like, oh man, Sakamoto was a way better, you know, way better on the on the on the uptake or on the on the pickup in between. Yeah. yeah, like he was better with the communication to like let me know what was going on in that moment. But Sakamoto's not here now and Shin has been having this, you know, internal struggle with himself on how to become more independent without the help of Sakamoto. And I love how, you know, he gets to a point here where he's like, fuck it. I'm going to just turn these these limiters off for my ability so that I could just see into the future now, which obviously has to have some kind of huge detriment, either stamina related or, um, you know, mentally, probably mind related uh, detriment in, in, in his psychology to some degree, or maybe even just physically taxing on his brain and he'll start like you know yeah. gene gene gray nosebleeds or like uh mm-hmm. 13 from like uh stranger stranger things or whatever millie bobby's character um i can't i can't remember who she is in stranger 11. things now 11 ha! 13 holy shit where'd i get that probably my hero academia anyway mm-hmm. yeah you know you get like the cerebral you know hemorrhage you know, from from overusing psionic abilities in other areas of fiction, so it could be a detriment like that. But I completely didn't even know um, that he could do this. Is this a thing that we've known that he could do, or is this brand new? Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's mm-hmm. been able to do that before. Because I, I remember that we got the flashback of him, like, you know, getting experimented on inside of that program when he was younger, and that's what gave him, like, the clairvoyance mm-hmm. ability in the first place to kind of, like, read minds and whatnot, but... um. But yeah, I mean, like, clairvoyance is definitely just, like, divination in Future Sight, you know what I mean? So, like, this whole yeah. time he's just been, like, a telepath calling himself a clairvoyant, and I'm like, what's up with that? But now we see that he actually can see into the future, so that's really fucking cool, because it kind of, like, yeah. t- ties that knot, yeah. I remember when he fought this dude in the hardware store with um, that former, like, Kong boss gal that works in the store now. Um, he did this thing where he had, like, zero lag. Like, he's, like, instantaneous read, right? Yeah. Where he he did a bit of clairvoyancy because he couldn't read the guy's mind. It was too filled with bloodlust. Like, like mindless bloodlust. And so he focused and he managed to, like, read into the future. So he has been able to do that before. Okay, okay, okay. About it, I was thinking, of like, oh, maybe it was, like, a zero-lag read where he's, like, immediately, like, transitioning, like, responding immediately to, like, the information entering his brain. And he's like, nope. Because he did a little bit of um, clairvoyance. But... There's definitely, you know, a limit. He remembers the granny talking to, um... Talking about the granny about the limits, and he's like, you know what? I, I can't have limits in this situation. I need to keep going. Very shonen. Love that. Yeah. Um, the part that I thought was really interesting is that, um... Gaku notices, like... I remember there was cracks on the side of his, like, visor yeah. last chapter. Yeah. And Gaku mentions, like, hey, man, I can't see my left side. Yeah. Like, my visual sensors are fucked. Yeah, I so, wonder if Kaji's going to be able to pick up on that in any kind of, um, in any kind of way to, and, and be able to communi- so. communicate that to, uh, to Shin. Um, I hope so. I think it's interesting that Shania has sound feedback from Gaku instead of just a one-way sound. Which is interesting. Right. Hmm. I wonder. Maybe yeah. it's also to, like, because, like, they're like, hey, man, you're trying to sleep somewhere, but they still have to, like, direct him. It's like, hey, go forward, go do this. And then eventually they're like, okay, cool. Now you can take a nap. 
Like, we're yeah. not going to pilot you the whole way. We need you. Like, I can't walk into the bus station and get on a bus and then walk somewhere else. I'm in a warehouse. Like, I only have so much room to move. So probably right. they direct him. I'm assuming that's the way. Otherwise, it's like a massive flaw, insert, DSX kind of thing. Yeah, I guess now that you mention it, I'm thinking about how, like, okay, Shania is definitely outside. Mm-hmm. And Gaku is inside with a limited space. And it's like, how did he pilot the body to this location, considering distance yeah. that Shania would have to travel is greater than the space he has in this warehouse? Mm-hmm. So, like, we were talking about, like, how it would be cool if, like, you know, they took advantage of Gaku, like, running into a wall in the warehouse so Shania's body, like, stops moving mm-hmm. in you know, the, the space that they're fighting in or whatever, but it's like, hold yeah. on, wait a minute. How did he, How did get he even get there in the first place? Yeah. That's why I assume that he's able to, like, get that, like, audio feedback because Gaku's like, hey, no, get on the station. Here's the thing. Oh, you needed to pass this test. Let me kick, see what this... Okay, here, tick A, B, C, D, E. Um, click, you know, hit level elevator three, you know, yeah. do that kind of thing. That and makes then, like, a okay, lot of cool. sense. You're good. You can go back to sleep now. Yeah, you're in the location we need you in. Falls asleep. Yeah. Um, So I can imagine something like that. Or Kashima the deer head just picking up Gaku by his armpits and then Gaku just like trying to like walk his way. (laughs) Like, I just, what is that? No. (laughs) Oh man, and that reminds me on page one, I loved the. uh... The fake out? Yeah, because it's like you see the deer and then Sakamoto's like, oh shit. And it's like, oh, I thought it was that guy. And it's like, but that guy is definitely influencing things that are happening in the arc anyway. So is this just, you know, a, a, a feat for Sakamoto's like experience and intuition and instinct, mm-hmm. you know, as an assassin? Just that, a little nod. Yeah, that he can notice something like that and like get a feeling that, you know, dude is close by or something. You know what I mean? Like that was just like cool to think about. But, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, great choreography. I like the fight. I like the immediate weakness of like, yeah, we can do the thing that Sakamoto did, but like the moment I read your mind, Gaku's still moving so fucking fast. 0. Yeah. 0.5 lag is not 0. 0.5 second lag is not that long. Yeah, yeah. Like, unless you're like playing video games like MOBAs and you're like, I've been CC'd for a thousand years. It's been one second, dude. It's been one second. Yeah, time definitely like moves different in you know action like video games like that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> one more mana bind i'm yeah. here forever yeah it, 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 i it, did it, my time 13 years in azkaban yeah it always makes me uh think of that um that concept inside of like hunter hunter like when the invasion was going on and uh netro and, and Zeno were invading the meat plantation and and pito was there to try to defend it and when she goes to try to run up on netro like time compressed to where everything felt like it was taking so much like longer what was actually happening like very quickly like pito falling after getting like attacked by the the crazy hand blast that netro hit her with and she's like falling she's like it's taking forever for me to hit the fucking ground and she's like falling for like probably like five seconds or something like that but it felt like an eternity to her type shit yeah but I don't think that that's the case in this kind of situation because that point five seconds is a real point five seconds like yeah. in this situation like like they do Should not that one to the face. yeah they do <laughs> they do not get a chance to fucking breathe here and I love the like paneling um you know the the little paneling detail that we have on page eight where it's like when the remote enemy throws a punch and then you get the down arrow coming from Gaku's panel down to the Shania panel but the arrow you know 
in its entirety is still using the background of the Gaku panel. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like it's just the a little cool thing. Yeah, it's just the little over. things. Yeah. yeah, the little bleed over. Uh, yeah. Another little thing on page four. Um, he says that he can only see out of like he can't see to the left for some reason. Mm-hmm. But then, um, like on the like third page, he's like Kashima can't see to the left for some reason. Go to page four. Kish- uh, Shania's eye, his left eye, is visible, which he can't, which Gaku can't see out of. But his right eye is invisible, which Gaku can see out of. And yeah. I like that little bit of visual storytelling. Yeah, that is uh, really fucking cool. So oh, what does that man. mean then? Nah, because Shania can't be. He's, you he's, know, he, he he's can't that be... guy that sleeps with his eyes open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that we've seen him with his eyes open like already, haven't they? Like yeah. Yeah, it's like his his eyes have been open this whole time despite not being present. Yeah, he's just unconscious with his eyes open. He's okay. got really dry eyeballs. Um, okay, cool, cool. But yeah, no. Yeah. And I just love I, the um I love the I don't know how to I don't really know how to put this yet. But like there's something that's just so cool about a villain organization or an antagonistic force that's giving the protagonist hell. Like these these people are literally fighting for their lives. And Gaku and um, the deer-headed guy are just chilling in this warehouse, like, talking to each other like they're actually playing video games. He's like, hey, Kashima, mm-hmm. I can't see the left for some reason. And then you get the Kashima dialogue bubble, like, don't, dude, don't break the game, bro. Like, you know, and he's got, like, the angry vein. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, like, chill. And they're just, like, totally, like, palling. Like, they just feel like pals, you know what I mean? They don't feel mm-hmm. like, you know... A, 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 a detestable villain organization that only has edgy, dark, and, and shitty dialogue, you know what I mean? Or not shitty dialogue. I think dialogue, those guys are boring. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you like... know, and there's definitely room for that, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, like, inherently wrong with that, but it's always yeah. just nice to get, like, a friendlier, um, you know, vibe inside of the antagonistic organization, similar to, like, a phantom troop or, you yeah. know, something like that, you know? So whenever I, I think... feel that vibe, I'm just like, fuck yeah. I think you get a lot more mileage out of it. And then yeah. it's like, you know, you don't have like those classic 90s Power Rangers type villains who are like, I'm spooky and evil and condescending. And then you have like, you know, classic like Demon Slayer flashback. I just wanted to be loved. You know, having a character that is like actually relatable or goofy and has like friends and stuff and then having a flashback like I just wanted, you know, my friend to be like me and my friend to take on the world together that is more heartening and less like forced empathy than like i was a dracula and i just wanted you know pootie tang from my (laughs) one true love and it's just like come on dude like stop yeah Yeah. Yeah, you committed genocide for that pootie tang how dare you right (laughs) yeah like genocide bro like okay okay thanos you know what i mean like Death's just not into you. Oh God! Thanos reminded me of um that "Say Anything" song. I want death, death for my birthday. I want death, death oh, for the man. worst place. I want death, but she's got a boyfriend. Da, 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 I could totally da, da. see that being like a fucking funny scene in like a Deadpool comic, like because Deadpool and Thanos oh, like have like beef oh, over like death's please. affection. So if we got like an inside like off-screen peek at like Thanos, like just chilling listening to music or something like that and like that's the song <laughs> he's listening to that'd be so Thanos funny the farm. yeah <laughs> your, your uh, yeah man. getting back to the chapter though um 
but yeah man i don't know i just like antagonistic situations where it's like i i feel like you know in certain scenes like yes they're evil they're terrible they they're doing horrible things they're killing people you know willy-nilly and and genocide and all like the terrible things that villains do but then you kind of almost forget about that in moments yeah. where they are palling around like this like gaku don't break the damn controller bro it's like hey man i'm, I'm experiencing lag help me out it's like let me see what i can do over here at my you know control you didn't pay station. for this console bro yeah yeah <laughs> there's, there's just something about that that is just like man like i i forget that they are as shitty of people as they are sometimes and i go like damn these kind of feel like protagonists almost and like that's just a cool mm -hmm. situation because when it feels like that and it's just like these are all just like the same kind of people with different motivations and we're following mm -hmm. you know the protagonist the way that we are and the protagonists are obviously way different because they have a no killing rule now and they've kind of like evolved past the 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 regular you know assassin philosophy you know what i mean so they're not out here like committing atrocities or anything like that but i mean sakamoto got hella bodies still at the end of the day he's killed tons mm -hmm. of people you know what i mean like shin i can't remember if he's ever actually killed someone but he was a whole assassin before He's meeting Sakamoto. Maybe his first hit like was supposed to be Sakamoto or something. I don't know. But either way, the job in this story is assassination. You know what I mean? So it, it can very easily, like that moral line is so blurred and so gray that like <laughs> these people interacting, you know, it's like, man, under different circumstances, like y'all could have been cool. Like, and I really feel that, you know, yeah. and it's just like, we just have a certain goals that we're trying to accomplish over here on our side that just so happen to be the exact opposite of what you guys on your side want us to be doing. So we have to clash, but there's no like personal, you know, feeling like gripe or anything like that because Gaku doesn't yeah. even know who these people are really, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's just like another day, I another like, Tuesday for him. Yeah. I like that the organization doesn't have like i don't know committing war crimes is my whole personality oh boy yeah. here i go kill again right but like it's just like no i'm really good at it we kill we're assassins this is what we do you know a lot of them believe like it's like deadly classroom you know you are trying to cr kill for a better world those who deserve to die are untouchable and this is yeah. why we train you and like slur could probably you know take that line of reasoning and like really gain a lot of traction with it yeah, especially within the assassin communicate community, because they're like, well, you know, morally, we're not really that uptight about killing. Let's right, you know, yeah. So I can see that. I like that because, like, mo the best villains in my experience are they believe they're heroes. They genuinely yes. believe that they're doing the right. Right, and that's what makes them so compelling, but also so scary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you have a villain that knows that they're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? It's 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 just like okay, well, we're just going through the motions here. You know what I mean? Like this dude is 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 being terrible, doesn't care that he's being terrible, and knows that the opposition is you know in the right. Yeah, in the right or whatever. But when when they when they genuinely believe that what they're doing is the right thing to do, now it's just like oh god. There's no, we know that there's not going to be a moment where they go, you know what? I've been being shitty this whole time. You got me dead to rights. Might might as well give up. I already knew this was a bad idea in the first place. I just thought I would get away with it. You know, the spirit can yeah. be broken a lot easier when you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. But when you yeah. are 100%, you know, positive. Conviction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then it's like, okay, we have a way scarier threat on our hands here because he'll just 
never stop until he accomplishes his goals because would you you know if you were no. genuinely doing something you felt like you needed to do would 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 getting caught out in like one situation like really like break your spirit like no you'd probably be fighting to the death like a fucking zombie that has no fucking brain and will or kill itself to get away. to you yeah keep fighting another day yeah it's like exactly. you may have won the battle but you haven't won the war Fuck right. you next time type like... shit type shit yeah but other than that i don't have too much to say i i mm -hmm. you know sakamoto days keeps having like new zone like the breaking into new zones and new areas like breaking yeah. into the cave the underwater river systems yeah. like i love the dynamic environments you yeah. know to like have these little pocket stages within yes. just the wilderness area and like being able to do that is awesome i love to see that absolutely uh, the last thing that I really had, um, I don't know, is it, just, like, the uncertainty in the, the combat, right? Because, like, we speculated that, you know, Shin was going to be able to read the mind of Kaji, who was able to hear, you know, the, uh, the, the machinery and the electronics going in the virtual reality headset or whatever. And that's cool. They actually did that, and now they have this new advantage. That new advantage instantly doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like some, oh, we turned the tides and we're whooping this dude's ass now with our cool new teamwork and clairvoyant, you know, uh, good good hearing combo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, it instantly was not effective. And you're just like, oh, shit, what now? You know what I mean? So it, it created that tension and that uncertainty mm -hmm. of what will they do next if that was like a really cool idea to give them a combo advantage. And, yeah. you know, the, 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 the author just said, nope. Yeah, cool idea, right? But that doesn't mean it's going to work. And I just love that uncertainty inside of a story like Sakamoto Days because it does so much more. The choreography is already out of hand. Like, it's already amazing. Mm -hmm. But then you add that kind of, those kind of hurdles, you know, throughout the conflict, and it makes it that much better. You know what I mean? So now we need to think about what we can do immediately coming out of the realization that this new combo advantage is not effective. And obviously we have this new situation where he is now hurting himself to give himself the advantage that he needs to, to continue forward, which obviously adds even more tension and uncertainty to the situation. Like what's going to happen to Shin? Like what is it going to take for Shin to pull out this W after going into this mode? And now we're, we have this cliffhanger where we just have just as many questions, you know, going into the next chapter as we did the one before. And that's just like great pacing for me, you know, in my opinion, but mm -hmm. It's like getting chased down a street by a car. You see an alley, like a side street open up. You're like, great, side street. Turns out it's a mini car. You can still get inside <laughs> and you still have to keep the face like, oh God. Like, yes, exactly. Oh, maybe there's a fire escape hand kind of coming right. up on your left, but like. Uh... Yeah. And it's something that I think is like really important for Shonen because it's like you're not out of the woods just because you had a good idea. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and I feel like, you know, previous you know, uh, if you go back into the history of shonen storytelling, like maybe like 10 years ago or something like that, you might get this crazy realization inside of your strategy. And that is just the key to defeating the opponent, because that is a really yeah. good combo. Like, that's a really good idea. It's like that would be hard to kind of like deal with if they're really in sync in that way. So you could totally have used that as the way to beat Gaku, but they didn't. You know what I mean? Mats uh, Matsumoto, right? Um, hold on, what is the manga's name? I always forgot it. Yuto Suzuki, not even close. Holy shit, where did I get Matsumoto from? But yeah, Yuto Suzuki just knows, you know what I mean? It's like you can't just 
all of a sudden get a good idea and have that be you know the thing that wins the fight for you. You have to have a couple good ideas and most of them fail before the last one so that you keep the audience on their toes. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, man. Uh, oh yeah, last thing. Okay, so wait. So Gaku is holding like something in his hand. So like he kicks him. He like sees into Kaji's future and then throws this round had this crazy like flying like roundhouse kick or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, he got him. But then it shows that Gaku like blocked it, you know. And we don't see what's in his other hand. But then you know you finish the double page spread and in his left hand he's got this thing that he crushes and throws back to. I think it's a dr his drink cup because yeah. he had a sandwich and then he also That's had a right. drink and That's I right. think he's crumpling the cup and then tossing it to Kashima. Okay. At first, I was like, okay, he kicked him in the face, but wait, no, he actually blocked it. But then I see him, like, crushing, you know, something in his hand, and I'm like, did he just fucking crush Shin's leg? But I don't think that's a, that that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because it's the opposite hands, too. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. That was just, like, the first thought that I had when mm -hmm. I, like, turned into the double-page spread. Oh, I was say, like, oh, no. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, crazy chapter, man. Can't wait for the next one. I think that'll do it for Sakamoto 69, though. All right, getting into Mission Yozakura Family, Mission 128, we're home. This chapter was incredible. This chilling. color page, yeah, chilling is definitely a word. Um, the color page, though, is so good. Oh, my God. This, this perspective of <clears throat> Mutsumi with her hand on the, on the window and her reflection looking back, the, gre the greens and the blues... You know, it's mm -hmm. just such a good... Like, Hitsuji Gon Dyer is really good with the color palette, man. Fantastic color palette. Yeah. Um, It really, like, to me, strikes this, like, melancholy look. Um, And, like, because, you know, obviously, like, the rain, the blues... Sorry. Little rock in my shoe. Yeah. Um, house slippers. Why have you betrayed me like this? <laughs> but, yeah, no, like... I like the, like, the soft, like, y like, reds and, like, kind of like that burgundy pink, like, for the letterings of Hitsuji Gandaira yeah. and, like, Mishikura to, like, break up that thing. I yeah. like, like, the blacks and, like, fading into gray and, like, the dark blues and blacks broken up with, like, the pale whites and, like, pastel blues. Yes. To, like, break that in and ease the form of it. Yeah. Like, and that plus like the framing in parallel to like the striations of like the water mm -hmm. going on like is beautiful um and it it reminds it like that picture of her being melancholy watching the outside world you know a thing in motion rain to emphasize kind of like a somber attitude like it kind of reflects about like you know her history right right she was the head of the of the Yozakura family, mm -hmm. and she really, like, before Tayo, she wasn't allowed to, like, really interact with the outside world, so she always seemed like a, like, um, someone that's forcibly shut in. Yeah, right. Mission. I was gonna like, say that, too, like, she's looking out the window, you know, as an onlooker to what she wishes that she could be a part of, which is, you know, the regular endeavors that her family goes on and whatnot. She probably just wants mm -hmm. to be more involved with them inside of like what they kind of like do out there while she's kind of trapped inside because yeah. she doesn't have any special abilities that would make it make sense for her to be out there with them in the field in the ways that I'm sure that she wishes she could mm -hmm. be while they're out risking their lives constantly for one reason or another. She, you know, has plenty of independence and agency of her own, 
but um and she has her role you know like in the story and and in the family of course but just from a character standpoint for her she probably does feel bad that while her siblings are constantly out there doing the things that they're doing she kind of has to stay inside because she needs to be protected because she's the head of the household she's the one that kind of like has the 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 somanine like the generational somanine trait or whatever you know what i mean that the heads of the family have so she does need to be kind of um not babied but definitely protected more so than anyone yeah. else in the family everyone else you know is obviously more expendable than she is even though nobody is really expendable we don't want to lose anybody eyes, yeah. yeah we don't um, and, and even for us like we don't want to lose nobody but like mutsumi is yeah. like the one you know what i mean for you know the family and just the concept of the, yeah the yeah. concept of the yozakura oh. family in general so it's like this this is a great representation of you know how she feels probably day to day you know what i mean yeah it's it's um it reminds me of that lesson in elusive samurai where practicality and like sound reasoning and logic can also become the cage which within you live so like yes the, the mansion is a fortress, but a fortress can also still feel like a prison. Right. And I love how, like, 3D, the... Like, everything feels so, um... Like, it pops out more. Like it, it, like, it, like, it almost comes off the page a lot more. Obviously, there's colors involved, and there's a lot more time and detail put into this drawing than most of the other drawings inside of the, mm -hmm. you know, the interiors or whatever. But it's just, like, the range of Hitsuji Gondaira from interior manga art to color page is just like so drastic i want to say more so than most other color pages that we get in the magazine right now oh man but let's get into this chapter yeah getting uh, into the chapter this shit is crazy we're finally getting like the true motivations and and philosophy of momo yozakura and why he's been you know this wildly enigmatic and mysterious figure in the background for so long we're tying up these you know these questions that we had related to his character and now that we've gotten this chapter all of his actions throughout the series just make perfect sense so it's really it feels really good to finally get that information despite how sinister and um and disturbing you know his <laughs> his motivations and his actions have kind of been yeah uh this is this is what we were talking about in um just in the last chapter uh, not last chapter, but like the last segment, mm -hmm. um, where a character believes that they are doing the greatest good that they could possibly do, and therefore will not hesitate to do all sorts of atrocities. He has this line um, on page 14, Complete strangers who are sacrificed are soon forgotten. Time will resolve your confusion and anger toward me too. Now smile, Mitsumi. And yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, I had like, chills. Yeah, I just oh, got chills again, uh, looking at it again. And it's like, oh, when you have a situation so like this, it's like there's a little bit of, like, truth kind of, like, woven into, you know, how terrible this monologue kind of, like, is, right? You know what I mean? Because as much as we don't want to admit it, like, the lives of strangers, like, don't really matter, you know, as, as you know, that much to people, you know what I mean? Like, when you yeah. when you lose someone close to you, it's the end of the fucking world, but, like, we're so desensitized to, you know, the news telling us that, you know, someone was murdered or, you know... A million um, people die per day. Yeah, you or, know. you know, like, a bomb went off in, you know, some overseas somewhere in, like, a war conflict and killed, like, 30 people or something like that. Like, we hear oh, that shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. We, it, it was a point that the Joker was making in the Dark Knight, uh, mm -hmm. in, in Nolan's Dark Knight, you know what I mean? Like... When you're expecting terrible things to happen, 
it doesn't really matter to you yeah. when they do. But if you're not expecting it, then all of a sudden it's like this big deal and holy shit, everybody should care or whatever. And that's not like a one-to-one, -one, you know, or whatever, but like there is a little bit of like, oh, damn, hold on. This there is grain of truth in that yeah. because like, like, you know, the idea of strangers dying or soon forgotten, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, just take like the pandemic, you know, yeah. like some, like I have, pe I had like, like people that I was like friends with. And they were like, no, the pandemic's not real. It doesn't matter to me. I'm healthy. I'm yeah. good. Like, I don't really care about this. Fuck yeah. masks. Fuck your feelings. All that stuff. And then he had relatives die. Right. And then he gave a shit. And yeah. I'm like, bro, I really, it's, it sucks. I, I, my heart goes out to your loss. Yeah. But like, I'm really mad at you that it took you this. Yes. To give a fuck. Right. And, and it's just like, come yeah. on, dude. And it's like random people like dying, you know what I mean? Like everyone is going to be like, oh no, that's terrible. I wish that didn't happen to them. Like no one's going to be excited about that, happy yeah, about I that know. or whatever, most people anyway. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's like very easy to kind of just move on yeah. from that information. You know what I mean? And he's playing into that on top of the fact that his motivation is to bring back their mother, which they all wish was still alive. You know what I yeah. mean? So in his in his mind, he's just like, hey, you know what I mean? It's mom we're talking about here. Like, fuck these other people. We're about to get mom back. Like, y'all should be excited about that. And it, like, totally not makes sense for him to be saying things like that. But now that we already know that he's crazy and terrible, all of this dialogue, like, kind of makes a lot of sense for him to assume that his children would be down for this explanation once given, considering yeah. the fact that it's like, hey, I'm bringing your mom back. We had to sacrifice a couple thousand people to do so, but you didn't know them anyway mom though you know what and I you're mean? never gonna meet them yeah it's yeah like and like just underestimating just, the altruism of the family basically you know what i mean like well like he was born into assassination right, right. like yes he was raised within you deal death that is your life that is your ancestor's life this is your children's descendants life right it is just a giant train of running people over and like that like we don't know really his morality until he talks about this yeah. now, right? But we always assume that there's a level of the Yosakura assassination mentality that came onto it. Right. And then, like, you know, it's the, 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 uh, there's the double affront, right? Like, yeah. I've committed war crimes to bring back your mom. Also, you know, maybe people who die shouldn't be brought back to life. There is, like, you know, the idea that, like, you know, there's the moral quandary. What is the sanctity of life? The dead should stay dead, right? Right. Like, you know, for whatever reason you have, you know, stories about resurrecting loved ones never seems to go well for Right. Anyone, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, like St. Germain in um, Castlevania wants to find his lover and bring her back to life. And it never works. Right. Like, he nearly causes the apocalypse. You got fucking do that. Pet Cemetery. Uh, another Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist, yeah. You have great examples uh, like, all over fiction of why this is a bad idea. Why the, the, why the idea makes sense for someone who has, is missing someone that they feel like they can't live without. So you have that emotional resonance and you have that relatability in missing your loved ones. But the... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if 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 there if I was in a situation to where I could legitimately had a way to bring back a loved one in a way where I like actually thought that it would be 
you know, something that could be achieved. And it's like, I've read a lot of fiction now, so I would, I would mm -hmm. definitely be like, oh, no, hell no. But if there wasn't that history of this exact kind of situation going horribly wrong, no matter what, on top of, like, the morality, like, studies and, like, the ethics studies of, like, a situation like this, yeah. like, if, if none of that shit was there, like, anybody would want to do whatever they could to bring back their dead mother or wife yeah. or, or sister or like, brother or whatever. So you never yeah, know like, what that kind of, what that kind of hope could do to somebody you know what i mean there's um like like my dad passed right when i was very young and so like if i was offered that and i'd be like you know what i'm kind of tempted and i don't know like one of the reasons i wouldn't do it now is because like if i resurrected my father my mom is in her like mid mid to late 60s mm -hmm. all his parents are dead now like his my grandparents have passed mm -hmm. and it's like you know the world that he lived in is completely gone right. i don't feel like i would feel good about bringing a person out of time right into a world that they no longer recognize and the things that they could relate to yeah are not there like even me like yeah. he couldn't relate to me like being you know 28 years older than he remembered me you right, know right. it's like that's yeah. a whole lifetime that's you yeah. know think about how every 10 years you feel like a whole different person right three different evolutions exactly like. and what you're talking about right now is um explored a lot in like um you know like this time displacement um situation that you're talking about is explored a lot in like captain america comics and shit yes and like a big part of you know, Steve Rogers' character arcs is about assimilating back into society after, you know, 40 years of, of, of cryo, cryo sleep or whatever, you know, the fuck it was for him. He was, like, frozen and shit, and then he woke up, like, and everybody he knew, you know, was dead or old as shit or, you know, the world is just completely different, technology, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, like, willingly going out of your way to bring someone back into a situation like that is fucked up even if it's no cool. matter how much you miss them you know and like it's this, cool yeah and this is a crazy psychological situation for the siblings too because it's like one you know you have momo that's here after like this crazy emotional and psychological situation with kyoichiro now momo comes in right after that's resolved at the peak of their you know um catharsis and he goes nah here's everything that i've been up to and what i'm doing and it's like now it's like we knew that momo was kind of shitty but it's like that's still our dad though he's being weird but that's still our dad but now it's like dad is back and i've done all of these terrible things that are going to make you have a completely different outlook on me as a person and your father and on top of that i'm trying to resurrect our mother which is probably like you know the thing that you guys low-key wanted to hear the most but my methods for doing so are so amoral that it's like they have so much to deal with psychologically in such a short amount of time. And now they have to fight their dad. And obviously we have to get all this information about him sacrificing thousands yeah. of people. It's just icing on the cake to let us know we got to get this motherfucker out of here. And like that'll be, you know, like the deciding push that, you know, drives the sibling family to actually do whatever they can to defeat Momo without, you know, feeling too bad about it. It's like, dude. It's like, yeah, you're our dad, and yeah, you know, you want to bring our mom back, and that's kind of, like, driven you crazy, but you still killed thousands of people, and it's like, there's no, like, absolutely not, you know what I mean? Like, that cannot happen. So there, there's going to be a lot of internal conflict and struggle mentally and psychologically when it comes to this conflict in the first place, 
But like, man, it's like all of them have to deal with so much all at once. And it's like, how are they going to deal with that? It's almost like the ultimate yeah. tension, the ultimate stakes, you know, inside of a, uh, a protagonist conflict. You know what I mean? Like, not only is this yeah. just a really fucked up situation in a vacuum, but our fucking dad is doing it all. You know on what I mean? On top of being emotionally exhausted already. Like, on top of being emotionally exhausted already. You know what I mean? His, his, uh, he's got a cruel callousness to him with like a veneer of tenderness. Right. You know, like there's the part where he breaks Futaba's arm and he's like, a child's pain is her parents' pain, but I will endure it for the sake of everyone's future. Well, isn't that fucking convenient? Right. Like, yeah, go uh, ahead and... <laughs> It's That's like, such a good I'm doing point, this yeah. for other people's futures. Well, what if their thanks never comes in the future, huh? Yeah. Did you ever think of that? It's like it's like when people are like, I'm advocating for the unborn. Well, great. They never have to ask you anything. Yeah. They never have to hold you accountable for anything. Right. Like, you know, the future is such a convenient person or object or thing or like movement to like fight for. Absolutely. That is like because it can't like the present is what keeps you accountable for your past. The future, it's not guaranteed. Nothing, none of the praise, none of the condemnations are guaranteed. Absolutely, that was um, really well said. Great point, man. And like... <sighs> they just have to Momo's deal with like so much. Like They're probably going to be like going back and forth inside of their minds. Like, this dude is crazy. He did so many terrible things. But look at how genuinely he is presenting this sinister and disturbing information to us he's crying like he actually believes that what he's doing is right like they have to think about so much in regard to this conflict yeah. on how to move forward even a little bit obviously futaba just says fuck it i'm beating the brakes off this motherfucker you said way too much the imagery like in the art like leading into futaba's activation too like everybody is probably thinking about like whatever this imagery is trying to represent and futaba just like mm -hmm. has enough he's like whatever i gotta fight you nah, like, nah. yeah and it's very impulsive or whatever but she's probably going through so much internally in like leading into this clash you know what i mean it's like god damn it that's my fucking dad yeah. he I sucks mean but like this situation is so overwhelmingly complicated and and macabre that it's like these kids are like you know they are international super spy assassins or whatever but they are still just kids and this is how you yeah. this is how you you break them down to their most vulnerable state is by presenting them with a situation like this in, involving their father and the potential resurrection of their mother it's like how can you even keep your composure in a situation like this so momo is sinister because he oh, he's the reason why Koichiro nearly died of poison. Right. The poison bloom, right? Yeah. Like he's the reason he did that. He orchestrated that so that Koichiro could kill them all. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? If you die, you die. Right? right. I don't think you will. I really hope but you don't, but this is what die, has to happen. Die. Otherwise, yeah, the overarching plan. And then, like, would you do the same through. thing to resurrect Koichiro? Right. Would even that clone be the same thing? Yeah. Like, That's and a then great also, point, like, too. If, 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 like, Subomi has memories and stuff, would Kuichiro still have those memories? Would Rei still have those memories? And then Rei, being a person that was, like, in the story, in the memory of her children, you know, which is usually probably the most idealized version, is, like, I'm a good, uh, they were a good parent, they were a good person, moral and kind and all these things. Would Rei be happy 
being resurrected under those terms and conditions. Yeah, like have you Understand ever even thought of that? that? Like you like you're acting like you're doing this for the greater good of the family and you know like for your wife and things it's like that. It's for them. It's for Yeah, them. and it's like you you're 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 one hell of a puppeteer and a and a behind the scenes mastermind. It's crazy to think that he hasn't once considered the possibility that Ray wouldn't even want this. Or maybe he has, and he's like, I don't care. I need you back. And now it's being tied back to something that's entirely selfish and personal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, on behalf of Momo, while he's putting on this air of, I'm doing it for y'all and us. And now it's making me wonder, like, did Momo kill Tayo's family to get him in a position to where he could comfortably... Oh my god, if he drops that, he's like, Tayo, yeah. why are you fighting me? I made you. Yeah, and type shit. Like, oh. Yeah, because like we have this dialogue where he's talking about all the things that he did to put this together. He's like, bit by bit, I prepared the stage. Tayo acquired power worthy of a Yozakura. And it's like, well, you obviously wanted Tayo to acquire the power of a Yozakura. How do you do that? You sever all of the ties he had to the life before the Yozakura by killing his fucking family. And now... He has that much more reason, and you knew that him and him and Mutsumi were, you know, really close friends growing up before he mm -hmm. knew about the life of of, of super spies oh, and shit like that. So man. he's probably like, oh, okay, that'll be Mutsumi's boyfriend, husband, but how am I going to get him into the house? Oh, well, I'll just take away everything that he had in his life before, and so where all he has left is the house and Mutsumi, and then he's there. Yeah. And then everything, you know, kind of domino effects in that way afterwards. I could totally see Momo next chapter especially because the end of this chapter is um tayo you know coming to the side of mutsumi to like you know calm her down and 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 let her know that he's there you know step for her husband, yeah. yeah step up as the husband like yo i got you you know what i mean and then next chapter it'll probably be like some tayo and momo stuff and i could totally see that bomb being dropped like bro i had to kill your fucking family to make sure that you got into this family to make you strong enough to protect Mutsumi and all of this stuff to, to kind of happen oh, the way that man. I wanted it to. Like, I feel like that's got to happen now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> That'd be the, I, the last icing on the cake to just, like, make this, like, one of the craziest, like, villain reveals in I'm thinking... a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like, fuck Aizen. Like, this is this <laughs> is the one that drops the bomb on me. Yeah, I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's fuck Aizen yet. You know what I mean? Because we got Kenjaku's out there. We got Makuma, Control Double yeah. Reveal. We got this, like, Zogratis. We, yeah, we got the Zogratis situation inside of Black Clover and whatnot, too. But this just feels so much personal yes, than a lot of other personal. ones outside of those. You know what it, I mean? It, it's very, like, grabs your heart and throttles it kind of personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I think, like, I had this moment of, like, oh, uh, you know, it'd be just as sinister as what this, you know, uh, Attack on Titans, Jack the Ripper, Show Tucker knockoff uh, uh. <laughs> guy is acting like. He's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, I created you. And he's like, do you understand that, like, how many children I killed and families I destroyed before one actually took root? Tayo, you're the success. Oh, man. I've killed hundreds of Mitsumi's friends. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's just like, oh, because, oh. like, if he's willing to do all this, then what's one more, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'd be fucking if nuts, he's, bro. I would be like, no, no, it's like, no. Why do you think Mitsumi had no lasting child, child friendships? Every single one of them died. Like, it, they couldn't handle it. You were a survivor, and that's what's needed as uh, uh, to support the Yozakura. Oh, like, man. 
And I'm just like, because she, she talks about how she has, like, no friends. Yeah, All yeah. her life, she's like, I had no friends. No matter what happened, I just never had friends. What if Momo's behind that? Because he yeah. was calling them, trying to find an appropriate potential I could have sworn it was uh, more about um, Kyoichiro just being, like, you Scary. know, really shitty to anybody that she was trying to be friends with and, like, scaring them away or something like that. But we could totally get, like, information that it's like, yeah, after Kyoichiro scared him away or something like that I, I just i went to go assassinate them and see if they could survive it and if they did then i would have you know orchestrated their eventual you know entrance return. into yeah. the household or whatever you know in some other kind of way i don't know but that could uh, totally be a thing and the, the thing that i think is really interesting like we're always talking about the moral stuff but like if you talk about like the family drama aspect of it it's like these kids effectively had to raise themselves. Right. Momo was like off caught being up a sal- in his own off grief. being a sad boy, yeah, orchestrating yeah, this like this master grief, plan, orchestrating this Frankenstein's mom, yeah, uh, re- revival. And like, there is like no, and I'm just gonna walk waltz right back in, take myself as pl- head of the household, and like be dad again. It's like, and like I have not seen that kind of beat happen very well like ever there's always a level of resentment from the kids like why'd you walk out if you wanted to be a dad how come you couldn't just tough it out and be there like you could be you could have been a shitty dad but you at least would have been a dad right right like if you were consumed with grief you could have been a sad bad dad but like you were at least a father right like whereas momo is just like you fucked off and left us to fend for ourselves yes we're highly capable but like we're still kids. We still wanted a family, and you yeah. chose to not be part of that. Right. Why do you think you deserve to, like, waltz right back in and say, we're family? Exactly. No. Another thing that was, like, really crazy for me is this, like, um, Subomi, right? Because it's like, okay, Kyoichiro does, you know, goes and does all that stuff, kills the rest of the heads or whatever, and we're like, there has to be more to this. They went out way too way too easy and way too quickly. Subomi's gotta have, like, some other kind of, you know, plan happening or whatever, and then we, you know, Momo kind of, like, comes in and, you know, and explains all of this, and then you turn into page 10. Very soon, she will wither away completely, and you have Subomi like, where is everyone? This is fucked up. What happened to, like, my plan? And he's like, she doesn't even realize that the roots she used to leech her power from other heads and people around her have been reconnected to my wife Ray's heart. And, like, that was, like, really cool, but I'm trying to think of the last time I remember there being this overarching villain kind of built up in the background that's mysterious and we don't get to really zone too much in on we know their motivations we know why they're doing what they're doing but we haven't gotten that real you know villain on protagonist conflict between the gang Mm. and subomi now they kill the rest of the heads and we're like well there's definitely more to that going on in the background can't wait to get more of that then momo pulls up and is like no they're actually all just dead now (laughs) <laughs> and I'm the, and I'm the villain now and and i had Maybe to kind of i'm I, the villain now. yeah i had to like explain how subomi is not a thing after the fact and i've betrayed her off screen like we didn't get that moment where subomi was like now i've got you in the palm of my hands and then momo comes in and says sorry bitch That's it, even it, it's the me show and then subomi has that like moment like you're betraying me really how, how could you like we didn't get that scene at all it was That's just scarier. that stopped Momo came in and explained how that's not a problem anymore. And it's just like, oh my god, okay, this is wild right now. 
<laughs> I think I think it makes him more terrifying because yeah. he was willing to play the long con. He's betraying the head ancestor. So like in a way, he's already betrayed family. In a way that reinforces like his children like why would we trust you? Right. You betrayed family already. Yeah. By step walk running out on us, by betraying the ancestors, by doing all these things, by like letting us suffer for your plan. All, like Skeleton Island, Koichiro's Poison Bloom, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, man, you are like five mar five demerits off the top of my head, <laughs> just trust untrustworthy. Right. All in all, what a spectacular chapter of Mission Yozakura Family. It did everything that it was trying to do with just firing on all cylinders in pretty much every area. The writing was incredible for Momo's reveal of his motivations and his planning. The reactions from the family felt very real and organic. Um, the information that we got related to Subomi was and, and, and how he had betrayed her was very twisty, setting up the future of the series really well with the, the new Momo threat. Can't wait to see what's going on next chapter, especially to get that one question answered that we brought up a little bit earlier about did Momo actually kill Tayo's parents and kind of put him into the house in that way? That's the big question now that I kind of like uh, have that I can't wait to see gets answered, but yeah. Man, you bring that up just filled me with dread. And I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, I could see it happening though. Yeah, Cause like too. everything that he's done so far, like once you get to that scope of malevolence, yeah. Almost everything is on the board. So right. it's like, God damn. Yeah, especially um, when you're talking about how you masterminded like pretty much all of the events in the series up until this point, but you just leave out the the one significant, you know, uh Yeah. The one significant event, you know what I mean? That definitely like has to do with his overarching plan. Like he's already said, like I wanted Tayo in here, you know what I mean? So it's definitely not too far outside of the realm of possibility that uh, that Momo did, you know, orchestrate the car crash to get Tayo in the house, which is just such a crazy thing to think about. But the imagery, man, the art, the choreography, all of the moments, all of the writing, the color page. This was just a 10 out of 10 Yozakura chapter for me, and I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, ah, this is this is grim. It's like... <sighs> He's like a he's doing the assassin thing where he's striking them, they're exhausted, most of their weapons are used up fighting Koichiro, like right. even the steel spider is not sharp as sharp as it could be. Koichiro's weakened and he's like, Yeah, no, I want to pitch my plan and I want you to agree. And if you don't agree, I will probably force you. Right. Like he's striking like an assassin. Yeah, he won't kill them. Right, but what what but what is what is not killing them mean? That covers for... so much ground. Yeah, when you know. You think about it. It's interesting to think about like what Momo's plan is for if they, you know, do resist to this degree. You know what I mean? Like obviously he's not just going to kill them because they don't agree with them because he's doing all of this for them. You know what I mean? Quote unquote or whatever. You know, so I wonder, like, what other kind of sick and twisted ideas that he could have to try to persuade them and rally them over to his side. I feel like he's got a lot of tricks in his bag. He's a well-known and old, experienced super spy, hitman, assassin dude. So who yeah. knows, like, um, what plans he'll have for trying to get them to agree with him. Since I they mean, clearly does don't. He, <laughs> does he yeah. force the role on them? Like, Subomi forced the other ancestors to obey oh man like 
then they're just like puppets playing out a play, like fulfilling the roles in a play for him to act out a happy family, despite none of them being happy with the situation. Like, is that the inevitable path if they reject him? Right? And like right. Tayo represents the idea of a, like the head of a new family that doesn't involve him. Mm. So, like, him and his conflict is definitely going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I wonder yeah, if Momo dies at the end of the story. I guess that's a. I feel that's like a pretty he big has question. To, I, but like, it's like, do they kill him or does he die, you know, from some other thing like that's like accidental or you know quote unquote yeah. or, or whatever you know what i mean like is it is it just going to naturally you know come to that conclusion of him dying for some reason if not by the hand of any one sibling or a combination of them i can't see them killing him but um he's gotta go <laughs> we need we need this know. guy out of here like he cannot I mean, like like where are they gonna put him even if he does live they have the rule like you don't harm family yeah but like Momo's already broken Futaba's arm. That's right. He's done all this thing. And, like, is he family? That's I could see them whooping him. Yeah, like, they could seriously hurt him. But, like, will they yeah. kill him? Probably not. And if they don't kill him, is he going to be redeemed? Probably not after all I of this shit. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what jail or prison can they put him in that he wouldn't just eventually break out of because he's one of the best assassins and, and spies on the planet? You know what I mean? I, I just can't yeah. see them containing him in any kind of conventional way absolutely not but even inside of their underground like what can hold this man i want to say like not much we've already seen prison breakers and you know other kinds of characters that are you know just wildly capable in all of these areas and we can assume that momo is like above all of them you know what i mean so it's like Ooh, yeah. what if subomi gets to him like her yeah. dying it's like it's like you betrayed me yes and then she tries to like absorb him for sustenance but she's already withered too much yeah yeah you know the, the children took out many too many chunks of him yeah. and of like his focus and like they just you know consume each other and wither and die that's dude yes like 100 i had completely forgotten that i was going to come back and 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 ask like if subomi still has a place in the in the conflict despite kind of being shown on page 10 to have been thrown away by momo after betraying her like and he's like soon she'll wither away it's like but she's not withered away yet you know what i mean like she's still alive we have not gotten the confirmed death of Subomi, so she definitely has room to come back in and influence the plot, probably in the way that you just described beautifully, of them having this huge conflict where you don't really know how it could go, who's going to win on either side, and then like, well, we need to get Momo out of here. How do we do that without any of the siblings killing someone, especially their dad, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, they aren't killers like that, but Subomi, Subomi could do it, you know what I mean? So I think that yeah. that would just be like the icing on the cake for the irony and the catharsis of, yeah, the one that you thought you betrayed came back and killed you. Now what, bitch? Oh. Type shit, yeah. So what if Subomi is like, you know, I want to free the Yozakura family from the Somanin, from the Bloom. She does that, but by doing that, she consumes Momo as well because he's literally just running off pure Somanin. Right. Oh, so wow. like, if she's like her final act of catharsis is she frees it, she feeds off the somanin, eats, consumes their blooms, and then is like reduced to a tree. Yo, 
Yeah, that'd be fucking nuts, man. Either way, yeah, I know Hitsuji Gondaira is going to write the shit out of it. So It's going to break my heart, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but, but I have nothing else to say. Yeah, me neither. I think that'll do it for Mission Yozakura Family 128. Okay, getting into Jujutsu Kaisen, Chapter 183, Tokyo Number 2 Colony, Part 3. We're finally seeing Hikari's Domain. This one shook the streets up a little bit. <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one had Twitter that. shook at least from what from what I saw. People were like really mad about this chapter. Actually, how do you feel about Hikari's domain? I really liked it. Yeah. I uh, like Twitter can be a hater, but I really yeah. enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Like, um, like Charles is definitely um the a- avatar of like his of um Gage's tire haters. You know what I mean? Because he's like immediately like, don't info dump me with all that garbage. Like, uh, but I think, but I think that that's important yeah. because Hikari is a sneaky, underhanded fuck. Yeah. Like he doesn't like. Yeah, he's kind of direct and all this stuff and the way he acts and stuff. But like, he's conniving. He's yeah. all about that money. He's all about things like gambling, casinos. They're about taking house. Yeah. He. I think he per- I think his ability recreates a game, a gamble. Doesn't matter what the gamble is, but specifically this gamble, he chooses that one. And he purposely overloads Charles with all this information that sneaks in little rules that are like a bonus, right? So yeah. he says like, "Hey, the rules are itty. Hit a jackpot by getting three of the same symbols. That means anyone can get those three symbols." But Getting a jackpot means that I, Hikari, get a bonus. So Charles doesn't get a bonus. Only Hikari does. Mm. Doesn't matter if they both play. So, like, there's that level of in in there. And he's like, and I decide what it is. So, like, other things he's just throwing in there to, like, basically obfuscate the fact of, like, he just needs to fill, like, only a few conditions of, like, getting jackpots gives him a bonus, period. And then he adds in stuff, like, chance accelerators right mm-hmm. so he says like oh i only have a one in 239 chance but if i hit these other scenarios which are much more likely to happen that increases my chances i can't do the math i only do like D math which is like adding up pips on a die okay right. yeah. i'm not i'm not a calculator genius like that um yeah it's it's really not too like you know i don't I don't know anything about pachinko i had no like experience like with pachinko before this chapter and i told myself i was going to give myself all of this time to like do research and like really like rack my brain over like this technique but i don't even I really don't understand it I, yeah i don't even really think that it um that it even really matters like that and i, and I feel like a lot of the reason why people you know get mad at it yeah i feel like a lot of the reason why people get mad at a chapter like this um I don't know, like, like, there's a lot of comments about, like, how it's, like, overly complicated and convoluted and, and, and complex for no reason, and it's, like, this is, like, people's, like, first reaction to the chapter, and, like, naturally it's okay to be confused, especially, like, for people that are overseas and don't, like, experience pachinko shit, like, regularly, like, nobody wants to, like, feel like they have to go out of their way to do extra research on a specific thing just so that they can understand the chapter in a manga, but it's, like, I feel like I'm, like, totally fine you know, not understanding Pachinko and just understanding that, like, this is just, like, Hikari's trying to get a jackpot and you gotta fight him until he gets there. You know what I mean? Like, like, Charles doesn't have any specific way to counter anything that's going on right now, so I don't think the specific rules of the, the, the domain or Pachinko, you know, in general, just, like, have to be understood in order to follow the fight. 
You know what I mean? It's it's literally just, you know, Hakari doing things, squaring up with you in the meantime, and you have to try to beat him before he gets a jackpot. And, like, that's just, like, the whole point. Like, understanding the pachinko rule, sure, will make this better for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's more yeah. fun or cooler or, you know, whatever. But, like, at a base level, it's like you don't really have to understand everything that this is talking about in order to understand the chapter. And I feel like when people read a chapter that is confusing to them right away, the angriest ones, you know what I mean, that that go out of their way to slander the series for what it's doing, all that is really telling me is, is like you're just mad because you don't get it, probably because you spend so much of your time acting like a know-it-all online, maybe? I think, <laughs> and I, now you're being I, yeah. hit with something that reminds you that you're you, you know, don't know everything you don't know everything and that like you know angers you so you have to like turn it into slander of like it's the Absolutely. series fault that that i feel this way and not just like oh my god just fucking read the chapter how dare you make me think god damn you well, gege like come on man like it's not feel, that crazy i feel like it's um like a level of humility right because you said it's like some of these people make a career off twitter like having hundreds thousands millions of followers and talking about like how they're right, but at the same time, like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if they're right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I know. I think it's like a humility thing when it yeah. boils down to it. Like personality types and humility, and like right. I don't think I'm right most of the time. Right. But that doesn't stop me from making predictions. That doesn't stop me from having fun or enjoying the series. Yeah. I don't really understand the idle death gamble rules exactly but there's things that catch my eye he's like when advancing to the final train things things get hot with chances over 80 percent right right and it's like the chance of increased probability is approximately 75 percent and then there is this thing on the bottom half of this page where he's like chance boosters increase the chance of jackpot even in unfavorable reachy scenarios so within all that it just tells him the more he tries, the more likely he's going to get better, better chances. And exactly. he even says, whether I'm trying or not, it's never it's taken never me more than, more than 30. Tries. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, no, that's the thing. And like, he's, it's like how he staged the fights for his fight club, right? Yeah. He's staging his curse technique right. in a way that is purposely opaque right. to the observer, which yeah. is Charles Burr. He's like, yeah, no. I don't have to tell you, like, thing is, like, it's such a modern take on the jujutsu curse, right? Because, like, telling your opponent what your ability does makes it stronger. He is, that's but he's also I, telling them a lot of useless information. Yeah, that, that at first, that's what I kind of, like, thought, like, was going on here. I was like, oh, okay, is this, like, one acting, like, in one half as a way to, you know, overload you know, the mind of, of Charles, you know, and just make him like less effective as a fighter because he has so much more to think about. I, I feel like it's working in it, it, for in one half in that way. And then I thought that the other half of it was like me explaining my abilities to you makes it stronger. But it's like, does that even really matter inside of a domain where you're getting all kinds of like stat booths and like, you know, like you're fighting like in your element, essentially, like you pretty much have all the advantages that you really need inside mm -hmm. of your own domain. So like, does the explaining your ability to someone even give it that boost if you're already inside of a domain that seems like kind of like overkill almost but um but i mean it could still be a thing i don't know if we've ever gotten explicit information that says that that's how it works inside and outside of a domain yeah but um we know that that's a thing for like curse techniques like sometimes like period 
but like yeah, we don't is that know. does it get that same effect if you're already inside of your domain i don't know but yeah i i think that the chance part is what keeps it from being overpowered yeah. so he's like yeah i built it so it has chance but like i also built it so that the chances are kind of stacked in my favor yeah and it's not necessarily a stat booth it might do something it might add an element to yeah. his uh already like abrasive you know uh shreddy kind of aura right like cursed or cursed energy because right. there's this page near the last page when he says i use skill to grab a hold of luck on page 19 yeah. and it seems like there's like a heat mirage around his body and i'm, I'm wondering mm. is the bonus for the jackpot adding heat mm. to it because he always taught when he was fighting yuji and talking about it's like oh man i'm heating up i'm yeah. heating up yeah you know he's talking about the fever. he's talking about passion and fever and how he likes to see other people's passion and fever inside of them and shit like that yeah, yeah. so i wonder is he adding like searing heat to his cursed energy in addition to shredding someone mm, that's pretty so, like that could be really painful and he's like i don't need a physical stat boost i'm just gonna hurt you really really badly yeah. <laughs> and he has a way better quote on uh the tcb translation on the last page let me see what it says oh i so, didn't read any of those yeah one. he's like that's wrong you need the skill to capitalize on your luck I like that so much. And yeah. th there's poetics into like the, the fan translations that I feel like are lost yeah. in the officials. Yeah. Um, I feel like just saying you need the skill to capitalize on your luck just slaps harder than I use skill to grab a hold of luck. Because I mean, like, yeah. obviously they're pretty much saying the same thing, but you get a better um, nuance. You know, yeah, like you get a better like mental image of like what he's talking about when he when you use the verbiage you need the skill to capitalize on your luck because like oh the luck is there that could have happened for anybody but like mm -hmm. that same sprout of luck for you isn't going to be as effective as it is for me because i have the skill to capitalize on the lucky advantages that pop up you know what i mean like yeah, yeah like you you could be lucky but like are you really getting all of the bang for your buck on that luck like i would probably not because you are just using it as a lucky advantage i'm seeing it as yes a lucky advantage but now i'm going to double down and capitalize on it so i get the best effect from that luck whereas you would have just gotten you know whatever regular lucky you know bonus that you lucky got yeah you got. yeah you know you, you um, get what i you get what i mean you know what i mean but yeah, yeah. ultimately man um, i don't know the, the the chapter is basically just saying once we've entered this domain there is a timer before i beat you that I'm getting closer and closer to as we throw hands and you have to try to beat me before that timer counts down to my jackpot. Like that's a better way, I mean, it, at least for me to kind of like understand the chapter because like I said, mm -hmm. Charles has no way of specifically countering anything that's going on inside of the imagery and the visuals and the actual gambling mechanics, you know, inside of this domain that, that, that Hakari has access to. So like, because he doesn't, he's not able to interact with it on that deep of a technical level. Us understanding the pachinko rules doesn't give us a better understanding or, or the yeah. understanding that we need to get through the chapter. You know what I mean? We're, we're, he's essentially just letting Hikari do his thing and hoping to get a lucky hit on him or you know capitalize on a blind spot or, or something like that before he hits this jackpot. So 
understanding pachinko and whatnot like doesn't really matter here you know what i mean like it's just a yeah. gambling situation instead of sphinxes or atlantis or you know cherries and and sevens yeah. as the aesthetic it's this fucking like rom-com manga or whatever that's the aesthetic of this gambling machine like that's I, really all it is i feel like it's an idea of the connection right like yeah. so it's like the facade of the rom-com manga is because it's designed for Charles. Like, he's designed this gambling pachinko thing to take on the effects of something that Charles would understand and, like, resonate with mm. and would be invested with. Because there was moments where he says, you know... Um, yeah, he's like, you're bastardizing this manga. This is, a, this is disrespect to the manga or something like that. It's there to, like, piss him off, and yeah. therefore angry people don't make good decisions. Right. Like it gets yeah, this is all a mind game. This has been a mind game since the beginning uh -huh. of this fight. Yeah, he even says on page fifteen, I can't focus on the future because he's too distracted with the lights and the movement and like the in emotional investment that he has for this rom com. Like yeah. he yells at hallucinations that only act out part of like the cutscenes for this gambling domain. They don't right. actually do anything. He's just. He can't even interact with them. He tries to stop Yume with his spear. Yeah. Doesn't work on him. And he's like yelling like, Gleave, get on the train and go. And then it's just like, psych, you got you got distracted by a cutscene. And yeah. then Hikari hits you with the, you know, triple jackpot. Yeah. And breaks your staff. Exactly. Breaks your spear. Kicks your face in. Like... It's just, it's all a mind game. It's yeah, all you're, you're boxing, You're boxing with Hikari inside of his domain, and it has a certain aesthetic, and the, the, the background stories of the characters in the rom-com and all of the other information is just meant to make you overthink so that you don't make the proper decisions in combat, yeah. and you're just trying to beat him, you know, before he hits this jackpot. And, yeah, and, that's and, it. And, and in the meantime, you know, he's just throwing visual obstacles in front of you, to try to confuse you like yeah, that's really all you yeah like that's just all you need to know about this conflict like i saw people complaining on twitter about like page page fucking yeah page, it page like, one yeah page one is like who are these characters i don't remember meeting any of these characters it's like it's, like, it's okay to be confused you know what i yeah. mean but if you're only going to read the chapter one time not talk to anyone and then go straight to the timeline to talk about how bad of a chapter this is because you just didn't get it instantly then yeah. it's like i don't it's like, you know, he talks about, like, this is a beautiful rom-com and stuff, and he values it so much, but I love the description of these generic-ass characters yeah. for this rom-com. Yeah. Number seven, the main hero. He has no distinguishing characters. Number three, the main heroine. She has no distinguishing characteristics. Number four, he's a professional musician. He can't distinguish guitar and a bass. Yeah. Like, um, just, like, random, you know hot ladies and cute girls for the other characters you know right, it's just right. like classic schlocky yeah. run-of-the-mill rom-coms like, like here's all these stimuli think about this it's stuff like, while i whoop you <laughs> yeah that's literally what it was uh because like i like chapter two three the big spread i liked the hikari is just like yeah even unfavorable richies have jackpot boosters don't worry about it like he's just like that was his not as soon as i saw that and yeah. him saying that i was like oh i don't have to worry about any of these rules yeah. he's just trying to aim for the jackpot and right. he's gonna kick his ass like yeah 
under like knowing like pachinko like rules and having experience with pachinko definitely makes this more fun and cooler for the people who are familiar yeah. with that obviously but like the only thing that you really need to take away is that like you're on a timer and you have to whoop me before i get a jackpot and i'm going to distract you and fight you until that point that's literally yeah. all that's happening here. So if you do know Pachinko, then yeah, you'll be able to be like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's that's familiar, this familiar, that familiar. But like none of that actually has anything to do with someone's ability to understand the conflict yeah. in this chapter. So And you can see that Charles Bernard gets caught up in the whole like staging of this fight where page nine, he says, if he hits the jackpot, I lose. But that's not true, because in the rules, he says, if I hit jackpot, I get a bonus. And that's all it says. Right. It's not about losing. He's like, oh, I, I can't lose, I can't lose. And that, in gambling, is called a loser's mentality. Like, mm. you gotta, you know, be bold and try to, like, push forward to gain a lot. At least that's what, um, you know, media has told me about successful gamblers and gambling manga and stuff. Right. It's like, you know, there's that. And uh, I thought this was a fun little chapter and really showcases um, Hikari's kind of duplicitous nature. He's yeah. like, I can, I can smoke you. I yeah. can smoke you. doesn't matter if you can see, see my future. Yeah. You still can't hit me. And uh, yeah, I'm still going to fuck with you because yeah. I can. Right. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's now like, that I think about it, like, is this even a... Um... I'll have to look up this uh, rom-com that they're even talking about. Like, is it even a real story? I think it's just a made-up. It's made-up for Easily Kaisen? What's it called again? Together, I think. Pure, it's private, pure love train. Love train. It sounds like one of those, like, horny fucking hentai video games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that pulls up is the fucking Jujutsu Kaisen chapter. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's, yeah. a, I don't think even think that's a real thing. Yeah, so people getting caught up about, like, the references to this rom-com, and it's, like, not even a real series. It's like, I'm not going to be able to understand this, because I don't want to read this fucking stupid rom-com. It's like, well, you don't have to, because it doesn't fucking exist. It, it doesn't <laughs> exist. And if you thought it was, it's because you read a lot of generic-ass shit I mean, that, that basically could be. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's, like, points for, like, immersion anyway. It's like, if they yeah. fucking really made you believe that, like, you know, the fucking fictional story that they're using inside of their shit was, like, actually real, then it's like, I feel like that's points for immersion. Yeah. Psych, all those, like, real-world references to, like, D. Grayman by Charles Byrne, set your expectations up. So you thought that Pure Love Train was gonna be, like, a, a real thing? No, it sounds like a gangbang video game. Yo. <laughs> Pure Love Train. Seriously, like, listen to the name. It's just like, come on. Um, oh, it's funny. No, this is that a funny visual is insane. Okay. It's a funny series. I thought this chapter was hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was it was hilarious like, and hype and like like it's always compelling because you just yeah. you're so interested to see what the information you're going to get is. And yeah. and obviously when it's presented in this way, it's easy for people to to get overwhelmed and and think that, you know, Gege is, you know, trying to pull a fast one on him or something like that. Like, hey, what do you think you're doing? You're trying to fucking fry my brain or something? But it's like, man, you just chill, take a deep breath, read through the chapter, read it again. Think about read it. it a third time if you need to. Just, and, like, yeah, most relax. people, you know, have said, you know, like, after reading it, like, three or four times, like, I'm cool. I think I get it now. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's just another and example of, like chill you know what i mean getting like it's, heated and flying right out of the pan dude right it's not that um 
it's not that serious. And if you don't like it, you know, obviously, you know, you don't have to. You don't to, have you to don't like have it. To We're not like, telling you, you to like, like it. The chapter, We're just but, saying that we liked it. But it's just like, man, it's just like, you've been here for 182, 183 chapters. It's this like, is the straw that broke the camel's back? Right. Wild. Like, it's really not that crazy. Um, I like that the, the curse technique and the domain rules are entering his brain. And I think that is a condition of Hakari's domain, is that he is explicit in the rules, almost to the point of unhelpfulness. Right. And I think he uses that to his advantage, because at first I thought it was because of, like, oh, because he's, like, you know, reading his future, knowing the ability. I was like, no, that, like, knowing the future doesn't tell you how a thing ha works. Yeah. It just tells you that a thing happened. Right. So I think that the info dump is actually Hikari's ability being yeah. helpful you yeah. know it's like you know he's giving an edge but he's a modern jujutsu sorcerer so he's like yeah i know that like my abilities will like do these could do these things and i can yeah. do these i can meet these requirements to make my ability stronger but i don't have to be actually helpful yeah and then he's like uh it's like malicious compliance mm. right um it's it's like um when people will do the thing that the government has mandated them to do, but they'll do it in such a way that is annoying as fuck and yeah. not helpful. Like this guy paying like um parking fines and pennies. Mm. And they literally I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Malicious compliance. Yeah. He did that. He paid it in pennies and they were like, you want you know it's like, no, this is legal tender. You yeah, have you to you have to I take this. You. Yeah. You like I'm sorry that this. I have to do this to you, the workers who didn't put these systems in place that are annoying the shit out of me. But I shouldn't have been given that parking ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and like uh there was a guy who asked for itemized items for his surgery, right? Like mm -hmm. his surgery costs a ton of money. And he's like, No, no, no I want itemized receipts for every single thing the amount of gas that you used what kind of gas it was i want to pay for that exact amount and he's like can we just give you a scalpel he's like no no i want the scalpel that you used on me during surgery and i want the itemized receipt for that scalpel and he they basically gave up and like charged him like four hundred dollars instead of like thousands of dollars for the mm, surgery wow well, it's just compliance yeah yeah try it out sometime responsibly yeah please yeah. and uh for legal purposes this is a joke right <laughs> and another thing that i'm thinking about now is like there's still there's the idea that like gege knows that you know pachinko is a very niche you know kind of like situation that like you know people in japan are probably like wildly familiar with it but there's still people in japan that probably aren't familiar with pachinko mm -hmm. like you don't automatically know the ins and outs of pachinko just because you're from japan you know yeah. and 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 even more so it's even harder for the people that are overseas that gege knows is going to read this book so it maybe it's like um some kind of metatextual situation where he's trying to recreate the 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 feeling I, of the like, the, like the inundated you know vibe of like overloaded new information to confuse charles is also being reflected onto the reader it's almost even more points for immersion because you know it, it um i, I want to say that a lot of people a very high number of people are not going to be familiar with pachinko so a lot of people are going to be very confused when they read this chapter the same way you know that we can clearly see that charles is even though he kind of like gets a handle on it and starts thinking a little bit more critically after the initial wave of information but he still has that moment where he's like don't info dump me that's too much 
relax you know what i mean and that's like what a lot of people who will read this chapter were probably also thinking to themselves you know what i mean so that's just really cool to think about and at the end of the day it's like yes if you are familiar with pachinko then you can connect every dot but you only need three or four dots to understand the chapter and all of the rest of the dots are kind of like extra for the people who understand pachinko is kind of how i've interpreted it so i don't mm -hmm. feel as bad not doing hella research into pachinko gambling so that I can have like a comprehensive understanding of this chapter or anything. I, I feel like it gives you all you need to understand the chapter, even if you aren't familiar with this game. So. Mm -hmm. I, I think it makes sense uh, where you're coming from. Like, I don't really know that much pachinko. I just know that it exists. The part that was interesting to me, and this is really my last point for this uh, section yeah. is that Hakari seems to like Pachinko when Yuji was fighting the lawyer they said you went to a Pachinko parlor didn't you and he's like what no yeah. and it turns out he did so like Hakari and Yuji both like Pachinko yeah kindred spirits uh, little, almost just a little little kindred spirit thing yeah. other than that that's, that's all I got for my bag uh, yeah, I think I'm good too. I'm 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 happy with Hikari having a, a a domain that's like this complicated and nuanced because it's like we're coming out of like the Yuta, you know, and Uro and Ishigori storytelling and their techniques were all like super straightforward. We didn't get to see their domains, Correct. but like Ishigori shot a fucking very enhancer, you know, kind of or emitter, you know, like attack yeah. from his fucking um, you know, Pompadour. There's not a whole lot to that. You know what he I mean? That you really need to... of emitters. Yeah, yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah, you don't really need to um to think too much about that. Uro too, like her shit is trippy and like looks crazy, but like at the end of the day, it's pretty easy to understand. You know what I mean? Like and we're already like pretty familiar with Yuta, so like we've had some pretty easy going curse techniques for a while. It makes sense that we would get a wildly complicated one eventually. I just hope that Gege, you know, con continues their trend of breaking them up. You know what I mean? Because you have Old Girl who had, like, the Star Constellation technique, and that shook the streets up when that came out. People were really confused about that. And then besides that, you just have that in, like, Hikari. Otherwise, you know, the curse techniques aren't really that in, you know, crazy. You know what I mean? So it's cool that we can get complicated like this, but it's not something that always has to be there. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like a once in a blue moon kind of thing and it honestly adds depth because we needed a reason why the higher-ups hated the modern sorcerers anyway <laughs> you know what i mean like this is a shining example exactly. of what of that line of dialogue about how the higher-ups hate how complicated contemporary sorcerers techniques are you know totally I mean? fair so, yeah totally so fair. it's like here we go but also we funny yeah exactly <laughs> but that's all i had for jujutsu this week are you good same all right that'll do it for jujutsu 183 all right, moving into the final segment of the night, One Piece, chapter 1048, 20 years. Got the cover story here with Brulee and Cracker. Um, he's got Ichiji and Reiju in the mirror world, I think, is what she's mm -hmm. telling Cracker. She's like hype about it. An emotionless excursion, volume 10, I think Germ has come to Chocolate Town. Oh, or may, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's right, if we look at the last one. Let me just look up the last one real quick. Because I'm pretty sure the last one was like... Oh, wait, we didn't even... We got a color page last time. So 1046 is the one we want. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was... It was them walking up to Chocolate Town. Okay. So she is seeing through her mirror 
that they have approached Chocolate Town and is telling yeah. and is telling Cracker. Yeah, and Cracker seems to be like pretty gassed up about it. Like, oh, we're I'm gonna go beat they ass. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, great chapter. I lo- I love this chapter because of the ground level like front line, you know, um, Wano people uh focus that we get in inside of the flashback yes. when 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 Luffy and Kaido are clashing and Momo is thinking about everything he needs to do to pull this W out of him personally so that he can accomplish his goal in this fight and everybody is probably thinking about what this means for the country of Wano for the island of Wano and and it's good to get these flashbacks and that not only work as new information, because I don't think we've actually seen the ground level in this way. Um, like, we knew that this kind of shit happened, or whatever, but, like, these are new scenes, I want to say. Yeah, you know this, is, I mean? this is... Yeah. Zoom in. Yeah. Like, this is the cruelty that, like, Kaido and Orochi's coup started, and then for the last 20 years, this is what their whole, like thing is doing like this is a industrialized war machine right like building all these weapons forcing people into servitude kidnapping enslaving like basically doing the the prison to production line pipeline right um and it's just like it makes me think of like how the u.s really struggles with um going against like military based conglomerates mm-hmm. and how we're always gagging for the next war and the next war and the next fight like we're making hand over foot a ton of bank over the war in Ukraine because we're producing weapons for that mm. people are making tons of money even though technically we're not involved but like the Ukraine is using our weapons yeah i heard They're that we just gave them. ukraine a bunch of money or something like that or we're planning to give them like billions of dollars or or whatever or yeah um, but like i imagine that it's going to be made back somehow. yeah right 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 of like, course of course i just like is, recently got that info and i was like oh shit that's that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, that's crazy. I wish we'd use that on infrastructure because I know we're, <laughs> they gutted um, our climate crisis fund mm. for uh, a oh, lot of military wow. spending. So it's like it's just really rough. And like it made that like that stuff made me think of like you know there's no water to drink, the crops won't grow, you know that kind of stuff. And they're just like pick up the weapons, you know, f- make make these things like. Yeah you know work 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 and it's like you know i'm american so the problems that i see are in that right Um, yeah it's just good to um it's just good to get you know that ground level reminder of the things that you know the the people of wano have kind of gone through and like what they you know hope and wish for the situation obviously they think that it's you know they're sending the lanterns into the sky with these messages on them with their wishes and what they want for for the future and whatnot and you know to them they're probably like there's no chance in hell that this is going to come true but i got to do the lantern thing anyway i really hope this this is a thing but you know we don't have too much of a reason to to believe that anything is going to um come from this you know that that these things are that these wishes are actually going to be granted and it's just sad to to get a reminder at the peak of this like climactic situation with Kaido versus um, Luffy, 
to remind you know the audience like what everyone is fighting for you know what i mean to have the characters you know like think about these things and know that these this is what they have been thinking about this entire arc and this is why we have to get this motherfucker out of here orochi and kaido have literally ruined you know wano and we've been known that yeah. the entire time but the more often you show it on the ground level this like frontline you know civilian perspective it makes it yeah. that much deeper it makes it that much more emotionally resonant it makes it that much more um compelling for me yeah. you know what i mean even even if these are characters that you know are forgettable or or udon ringo hakumai kibi i think this is i don't even They're, remember half seeing, of them are dead anyway yeah yeah have them like i don't even remember seeing um these characters faces before <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you so it's not really like we're supposed to like oh man the samurai of wano and 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 the scabbards like you could feel whatever way you want about them but at the end of the day you know these are people that need to be liberated that are that are desperately praying yeah. for liberation and you know our team is 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 going to deliver that for them and seeing it you know in excruciating detail how this went from the moment of invasion to you know the reoccupy the uh the the um the usurping yeah the reoccupation the usurping of you know the the why am i forgetting the names of like royalty in japan right now but like yeah you know like the emperor and like the daimyo yeah. and all of that stuff has been replaced by these pieces of shit and we've seen it from that point up until where we are now how that's affected the people of wano you know what i mean and and it just makes this chapter hit so like that's like literally like all of the chapter for me like all this mm -hmm. luffy and kaido like cliffhanger whatever boom 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 like that's like a whole thing or whatever but it's really about how these people are really that close to accomplishing a goal that yeah. they thought was completely out of their reach and it just makes me feel happy to know that these people who are struggling so much in my face on these pages are eventually going to have a legitimate reason to laugh yeah. and smile and not just because they ate a smile fruit you know what i mean and i can't yeah, wait to not see that, that forced smile yeah i can't um, wait to see that shit and part of me is just like the the like the the wishes and stuff it's like yeah no it's sad like that they don't don't think it's actually going to happen but like if you don't have something to hope for in a situation like that you're a you're a dead person walking you're not living you have to have hope to live right and you have to show that um, hope even though they have no reason to have any they're still so lit at this festival like this is the one day that we get one to like truly be happy even though we know that this shit's going to go back to a nightmare tomorrow like we might as well live it up throw these prayers out and just enjoy the moment while mm -hmm. we can even though we know that it's not going anywhere and that's just like so sad to think about but also so mm -hmm. exciting for the eventual liberation that we know they're going to get you know it's it's really rough that like because like orochi is that classic guy like if you have to relate it to like a real world thing He's that guy that, like, got made fun of in school and then became, like, a rampant misogynist with money. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was like, nah, I hate everybody. Everybody sucks. I don't care about people. I don't invest in people. He decided to get money by, like, oh, God, you're on Twitter a lot. You've <laughs> probably seen that one where the guy's like, yeah, no, investing in the prison system is a great way to get high-yield returns on your profit. And then you find a judge that, like, is hard on crime and will fill those places up and you'll get a lot of money for it. Right. And it's just like, 
how do you become okay with that, right? And so Orochi, yeah. he's like, yeah, my clan was like besmirched and my life was awful and everyone was so mean to me that I have no pity for any of the people that my suffering, any of the suffering that I caused via my actions. He says it, he's like, you know, he's like, um, you know, he's so pleased that the people that used to be respectable in comparison to him have fallen low. And he's like, you know what? You look at these greedy beggars. They actually gobbled up the leftover scraps of smile fruit. You know, you might be hungry, your family might be dead, but you can still laugh and lead a bright, cheery life. It's just what you writhing, crawling maggots deserve. I was like, you know? oh my god, it's time to fucking die, bro. We can't yeah. keep letting him get this dialogue off exactly. with a grin on his face. like. And then boom, Dendro, Bedlam has arrived. That was such a cold-blooded quote as you enter to slice this man's fucking head off. But if you go to like the TCB translation, it's like not that at all. It's like one of those rare situations where I'm like... Viz fucking snapped on the translation because well, because he says what is he saying the TCB seems uh, seems things are getting out of hand here and it's like I wonder if that is like just the literal translation and then the official just like took a liberty to give him a more badass quote even though that's mm -hmm. not what the words were I don't know how I feel about that but like the quote I by itself it. without thinking about it is fucking tight Bedlam has arrived let's fucking go I'm totally here for that yeah so like Bedlam. Uh, the definition mm -hmm. uh, means a scene of uproar and confusion. Yeah. And so, like, I like the idea that, like, um, because, like, Orochi was basically using his authority and the idea that he is the new order. He is the new law. The might makes right. And even though he caused all the suffering and stuff, he used his position of power to enforce all this authority and all these rules and all these, like, you know, sweeping you know, things that affected people's lives. So Bedlam arriving, chaos, confusion, is in the face of that, you know, uh, malevolent yeah. order, mm -hmm. right? And which is necessary. Sure, okay, because I, I, I was really seeing like it that. as, yeah, and, and that, was a, that was a great way that she kind of like broke that down because I was, when I read the, the official chapter, I saw it as he was saying like, I'm Bedlam. Like, you know, like just like a, like a cold-blooded like quote of like you know a reckoning has come like i'm the reckoning mm -hmm. like i'm here to fucking decapitate you i thought he was like saying like yo bedlam has arrived for you because i'm here i think so but, i think both are correct well because um, because if it's if it's if it's because if you look at the tcb and he says uh seems things are getting out of hand here oh, that can the be chaos yeah thing, that yeah. can be him just you know obviously when he's saying it here in the tcbs like seems things are getting out of hand here it's like that's pretty face value but that could also be the bedlam when, mm -hmm. when it's bedlam things are out of hand you know what i mean things are crazy yeah. things are chaotic so when i now having that perspective and then going back to the official he could be saying bedlam has arrived as literally the same thing as the tcb translation is saying, a little more seems, yeah seems things are getting out of hand here yeah with just a little bit more poetry the uprising it. is going in full swing yeah 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 bedlam has arrived things seem to be getting out of hand that could totally be the same thing i had just originally interpreted it as, interpreted it as like you know denjiro is bedlam and he's bedlam to orochi because here i am to like cut your head off but no yeah no it's definitely yeah. gotta be like yeah <laughs> i'm like so like not able to properly articulate what i'm like thinking about no right now but hopefully um, the audience understands what i'm saying there's 
one thing that I was thinking about, like, so he's using this burning form. Kaido's yeah. using his, like, flame dragon torch, similar to um, King, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he's doing that. And then I was looking at, like, uh, Orochi, because I was really focused on him. And he's burning because of the wrath, like, the, the, the fire spirit that he sicked on him, and then the curse right. rebounded on him, the curse of wrath, etc. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For the, you know, Kurozumi. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Kaido. Does that mean he ate like a, a like a artificial dragon fruit? Who Kaido? Yeah, oh. uh, not Kaido. Orochi. Orochi ate an artificial dragon fruit similar to based off Kaido. Oh, I thought that that was Momo's. Um, what if it's like what if there's yeah, more what than if there's one? Mo what if there's like, more than one? Yeah. Yeah, but like, I feel like I feel like we know that um, Orochi has a legitimate um, devil fruit because I think he said what it was, and if oh, it was, was it a the hydro Orochi Orochi fruit, or yeah, or whatever you know, whatever it was, I feel like it would have um, definitely told us at that point if yeah. it wasn't a real devil fruit, maybe. Yeah. But I'm kind of hazy on that anyway. But... He needs to die, um, so I'm really happy he got decapitated. Yeah. But classically. Hydras, and he's been decapitated multiple times before. Right. They need to like stab his heart or something. I feel something, like, yeah, to really finish him off. Um, God, I don't want him to be back after. That. I'm gonna be mad if he's back after that. I haven't been mad. I haven't been mad so far because I was like expecting it. I was like, as soon as we got the Hydra information, I was like, okay, they're going to fake kill this man like seven times. Like I yeah. already had just resigned myself to that you know what i mean i yep. was like okay and plus it's one piece where even characters that don't have hydra devil fruits come back after like mortal wounds all the time mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that you know with coupled with you know the hydra fruit or whatever makes it like doubly apparent that you know orochi was just going to keep coming back and keep coming back but it's like man what else can like does Orochi need to do for his reason to come best. back after this? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm just gonna be like so irritated. I'll, I'll see what happens when we get the scene if it happens. But I really want this to be the last Orochi moment. Like please, uh, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. There's uh so kind of flipping back to like the beginning of the chapter. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that like him doing like this flame dragon torch on page four five. There's two things I'd like to note. Sure. Um, one is the fact that he burns off the remaining horn of Onigashima. And, like, Onigashima was considered, like, his fortress, the weapon stockpile. It is a symbol of all that he has achieved, all that he has done, the fearsome might and horrible visage that is the face of his, you know, ideals, etc. And by burning off the other horn, and the other horn being sliced off, it no longer has an edge. It has tips. It is his horns. His weapons have been blunted, mm. and so like the, sim the the visual symbol of his power is being destroyed by himself, oh, or the wow. fact that like the, his fight itself is destroying it. And so like it seems like I think that's like the red flag for Kaido, right? That's yeah. the major red flag for his whole ambition. That's cool. And then, I've never seen this thing, but, like, there's this weird, like, double dragon thing in his face. So if you stare at his forehead, on page inside four? his giant, on page four, his, inside his forehead is a little dragon person, like a dragon face. So he's got Dude, two I tiny... see it! Yeah, so, like, is that his core? Oh, Jesus, I have no like, idea about cores. exposed his core? Yeah, like, could like, be something like, like that. So I don't know what the deal uh, with that, that has is. to be intentional, man. Like that looks way be. too much like a dragon. I don't know. 
it's, it's going to be the double of his face. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to. Face. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if it's going to be um, intentional to the point where like there's like a whole concept written around it. Because um, I don't know if we have gotten like any kind of like information about like cores in that way. And plus, he's like a Zoe in any way. So it's like, what does that even mean? But like, or... that's definitely a second drag, a drawing of a dragon above his big dragon head. head. Yeah. So like, if it's or just like an imagery the, thing, um, yeah. Or is that the dragon flame torch, and that is the beginning of the flame, and then the rest of the flame is a giant mane of that dragon. Like oh, the tiny so, dragon on his forehead oh. is the beginning of the flame and then it rides down his back as the dragon's body. Like he's wearing an armor yeah. that is a dragon flame. Yeah, so you're saying that like the smaller dragon head is actually Kaido. Oh. Well I was going or, to say or, it like if you were if you were talking about it like a Susano or something like that inside of like Naruto, then the smaller dragon head would be the real Kaido and then this oh. bigger dragon head would be the armor around him. You know, like to to make the the Susano effect or whatever. Initially, that was my take, but then I flipped midway because I was like, mm. "What if that's just flame armor, mm. and that is just a representation of that thing? It is his, you know, truest, rawest, most destructive form and our ability." Yeah, I don't um, know. That is a cool yeah. spot though, because that's definitely just a second drawing of a dragon face. So, yeah. like, that is not an accident just because he colored it or or shaded it and, and inked it that way. And it just accidentally created another dragon face, mm. like right above the big one, like nah. But I don't know. That's that, too purposeful. Yeah, I didn't even notice it, and I um, and that's actually like a really cool thing to, to think about. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Other other than that, like this is a pretty direct thing. I yeah. I'm really glad we touched on the horrible, you know, uh, systemic suffering yeah. that Wano endured. Um, but I don't really have too much else to say about this, like. This, this, you know, Kaido-Luffy fight's been going on. We've hit a lot of strong beats. I'm just kind of looking forward to, like, the finale of that. Same. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm on this last page on 17, and I'm seeing this, like, please free us from this hell. And I, like, remember, I, I swear I have a memory of someone, like, ratioing somebody on Twitter or something with, like, an edited, you know, uh, with, an ed with an edit of this panel that says, like, please get some bitches or like, please go outside or <laughs> something like that. Please, please go touch that. grass or something like that. Um, That's just, just funny as shit to think about. I remember there was um, an edit of like the bottom right hand thing. It was like, I wish Orochi would go away. And then it just like one piece fandom. Same bro. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, he's so, he's so detestable. It's just like, He's he's very much the small man in a position of power gone wrong. Like Yeah. Yeah. You see them in like middle management all the time at people's mm -hmm. jobs and you're just like, God, you're an absolute cunt of Yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. Pretty straightforward chapter. Um obviously the major takeaway is just the ground level perspective of, you know, the Wano people in this flashback. Just Reminding us how much we really want to see these people liberated. So I think it fired on all cylinders in that yeah. regard. And we got some pretty interesting, you know, action developments inside of this uh, Luffy and, and Kaido clash, I guess. Even though it's yeah. pretty much just the same exact situation as, like, the chapter before. But now Kaido has this crazy, ever-burning flame armor that burns everything to a touch. But Luffy's like, that mm -hmm. don't matter. I got Rio anyway, so I don't even need to touch you. That was, like, a really tight part is he was like... What he say? He said, "Rising dragon." 
Yeah, yeah, he was like, that giant fist of yours will not come down on me. It will melt into nothing first. And then, like, Luffy has to take his hand, because he was holding Kaido for the punch. Mm-hmm. And then he activated this armor, and he had to let go because his fucking hand was burning. And Kaido's like, don't worry, I'm not moving. I'm going to let you get this one off. But it ain't reaching me because it's going to melt into fucking ash before it gets to me. And Luffy's like, I don't even got to touch you. I got Rio. And I was like, all right, that's fucking cool. If that's, like, nice. all the if that's all the development that this, um, you know, fucking multiple chapters long cliffhanger is going to have then like that's good enough we really just needed the the people of wano stuff and that's what we got so it did really well to like humanize like build up empathy and humanize like the population of wano mm-hmm. outside of the context of like orochi's regime right right because like whenever we were going through like we went through a couple places like oh this is a sad place but like most of the places that we encountered and like where a lot of the fighting is it's very lavish, mm-hmm. you know. It's the, it's the accumulation hoarding of wealth, and so we see like the really nice places for the most part. Right. That this is like, all right, cool. This is like, you know, if you take all the resources from a place and put it in where, yeah, you get this, but this is the other hand. Right. Yeah, some pretty good stuff, man. Um, I think that's all. I think that's all I had for uh, for One Piece this week, though. Same. All right. Cool. Well, that'll do it for One Piece. And wrapping up with the show, thanks for watching. If you did, hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. Down in the comments section, you can leave a reply and let us know what we missed or anything you liked or didn't like or what have you. We're down to chop it up with you in there. Of course, while you're down there, visit our description section so you can follow us on Twitter, join our online communities like Discord, um, listen to the Project Manga podcast wherever you normally listen to them. And if uh, you want to support what we do directly, even more than you already do by watching our content, you can check out our Patreon, and that's going to have all kinds of perks like early access and additional manga reviews so check that out if you haven't already but with all that said i think that'll do it for this episode of the project manga podcast wrapping up i'm nox and i'm mellow yes we'll catch y'all next time